Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, a pleasant, good Thursday morning to each and every you, and welcome, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us. We come your way. Monday through Friday, 10 to 12 p.m. Thank you. Half of you are sleeping. Uh, You can find us on YouTube. Just go to the Chatterbox Sports page. If you would prefer to join us in podcast form, by all means, we're anywhere and everywhere. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Well, we're a little more than 72 hours away before the Bengals and Seahawks clash on Sunday. Jamar Chase yesterday named the AFC's Offensive Player of the Week, and rightfully so. Chase, as you know, set a Bengals single-game franchise record with 15 receptions, 192 yards. He scored three touchdowns. Cincinnati will need more of that on Sunday against a very good Seattle team. We'll be talking more about them later. It might be the best all-around team the Bengals have faced this season, including Baltimore. Speaking of the Ravens, they're in London to face the Titans on Sunday, the Brownies. About to get drilled on Sunday, hosting the 49ers. But you never know with the Brownies. I know that Casey's down on the Brownies. But I'm telling you, you never know about the Brownies. You never know. Steelers have a bye. Tonight, Thursday night football. Now, if this doesn't get you fired up and have you bellied up at the bar to start drinking early, it's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, normally... You would say no chance for the Broncos. They're not good at all. But Kansas City might be without tight end Travis Kelsey. He injured his ankle last week. Where for help? Where is Taylor? Hmm. Where is Taylor? Taylor will be there. I thought she could could basically heal all, like Lazarus, right? She can. can. And and she's going to be there tonight in Denver. So she will be there. That's well, already it's been in, it's in Kansas City. Or in Kansas City. She'll be in Kansas City. Sorry. She'll be at the game. That, that, uh, is, that, is that already been? Is that common knowledge? That's, 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 yeah, it's been breaking news. Elliot is a Swifty. He would know. He keeps up on this stuff. I am not a Swifty, Tom. He's don't a Swifty. Listen, I love Taylor Swift. How can you great. not? Elliot loves, him the mo- loves her the most. I do not. Why do you not like Taylor Swift? Uh, Who doesn't like Taylor Swift? I, I like look, t- you may not agree with her politics or whatever it is, but I mean, come I on. Do. She is a gamer. Yeah, I mean, her a, shows are great. Yeah. It's good, clean, by and large. Good, clean, fun. Families can go. Young girls, young boys, whatever. They can go and really enjoy it. I mean, what is wrong that has you anti... Bless you. Bless you, Trace. Good Thank you. Lord. Appreciate it. This place... It's like we, need, we, we need blessed. Trace? It's like Wuhan around here. All right. What, 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 here we go. Yeah, but of course, that came from the, 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 the live market. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, no, yeah. Taylor Swift is... I, I think when she switched over from country to pop, I didn't like that too much. I, I, I think when she was talking about, you know, the high school bleachers or whatever that song's about, Romeo and Juliet. Teardrops that, on, your, on her guitar. Yeah, and when there's teardrops on her guitars. I, that, that's the kind of Taylor I liked. I didn't like the new Taylor where she's doing weird dances on the stage with the chairs. I don't know if you've seen that dance, Tom. But it's very graphic. I, you can like, say, that's why I said you said it's partly a fam- good, clean fun. You said it's a family show, but it's... I mean, there was a, there's a, there's a dance when she does that tour where it's pretty dirty, Tom. It's you know what? You, you, you're, you are correct on that. Thank you. You are correct on that. And some of the language, uh, my, my daughter, when she and I drove down to, uh, to, to get her back at school this year, drove down to Fort Worth. So we're in the car for two days. 
And uh, a number of those Taylor Swift songs had some stuff in there that I was yeah. very surprised. Yes. Very surprised. Country and disappointed, if I might add. Mm. Disappointed in Taylor Swift. Because, look, here's the deal. You, you, the guy, you guys aren't old enough and a stage in your life to understand this, okay? You're young enough to listen to a lot of this music that is out today, okay? Yeah. But, you know, when, when you have kids as they get older, teenagers, et cetera, et cetera, now you are exposed, and it's forced upon you frequently, to listen to a lot of this music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let, let's be honest about it. And, and look, some people love rap. That's fine. But some of the language... And the way they talk about women and girls and drinking and drugs and the whole nine yards, it's just its just out of control. And you're listening in the car driving to school. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is what our kids are listening to. Now, look, everybody probably said the same thing when Elvis came out and when the Rolling Stones came out, on and on and on and on. I'm sure this is like 50, 60, 70 years this stuff's been going on. But the stuff now is way out of hand. So... When all of a sudden you're exposed to Taylor Swift, and I went many years ago, we took uh, our daughter up to Columbus to see her many, many years ago, and it was good, clean fun. But now all of a sudden for the first time, okay, I'm exposed to hearing her most recent album, and all of a sudden some of this stuff is, uh, it's, I'm surprised, I'm surprised, that thus disappointed. But what the hell, she doesn't care. It doesn't make any difference what I think about anything. All right. (laughs) Uh, baseball. Well, it's been unbelievable. And how about the Arizona Diamondbacks? They have not lost a game in this postseason. They beat Milwaukee 2-0 in the wild card round. Last night in the division series, they sweep the mighty Dodgers, three games to none. If you were watching that, that, that uh, third inning, I mean... It was unbelievable. Playoff record. The Diamondbacks hit four home runs in the third inning against Lance Lynn. Playoff record. In route to a 4-2 win. Their pitching has been off the charts. Last night, 24-year-old Louisville native Brandon Fott pitched into the fifth. He wasn't great. But he was good enough to win. The bullpen just shuts it down, allowed two runs, that's it. The mighty Dodgers, who won 100 games during the regular season, scored six runs in three games against Arizona and didn't even see their second-best pitcher. It's a D-back's first trip to the National League Championship Series since 2007. We're going to circle back on this a little bit later on and and, and sort of, you know, tie this in with the Reds because the Reds' futility – is the longest in Major League Baseball without winning a playoff series. I was in Arizona when that franchise started in 98. They've been to the playoffs at least six or seven times in their 25 years, maybe more than that. Won a World Series. It's their fourth or fifth LCS. Tampa Bay, right? They started with Arizona, both at the same time in 98. How many playoffs have they been to? They've been to a lot recently. They've been to two World Series. Okay. Now, who will the Diamondbacks play in that LCS? Well, that could be decided tonight in Philadelphia. Boy, was that place rocking. So was Phoenix last night. 49,000 in Phoenix. But Philly, Philly has the best playoff atmosphere of all of them. By far. It is mayhem there. And last night, they had a lot to cheer about. 
The Phillies club six home runs. Two each from Bryce Harper. And go ahead, everybody. Pull your hate out. Nick Castellanos. Go ahead. There it is. There it is. That's your, what do they call that when you're feeding sharks to try and chum? Chum. Chum in the water. Tom. Right? There it is. Tom, will you, do me, will you do me a favor if this happens? Uh, oh, if, only if it, it oh, happens, oh, are you kidding me? No, it happens every day. Only in the World Series. People I, can't get enough of it. I feel like, it, I feel like it, would, it would only really play the way we would all like it to play if it was in the World Series because that's when baseball maybe has its peak interest. If Castellanos hits a home run, you got to like just all caps tweet Castellanos with like five, <laughs> five exclamation points if he hits a home run in the World Series. And that's it. That's all you got to tweet. I tell you. That's right. Mouse cop right there. Drive to left. <laughs> I mean, it didn't take 20 seconds. <laughs> so have at it, boys and girls. There's nothing better than that. Uh, it was a 10-2 route last night over the Braves. And so Philadelphia leads that series two games to one. Aaron Nola, solid in the postseason. Again, he pitched into the six. He allowed only two runs. We're talking about high-scoring teams, right? The Braves, when you look at their lineup, but it is, by and large, a slugging lineup. They have scored seven runs in three games. Seven runs in three games. Tonight, they start Spencer Strider against Ranger Suarez. First pitch at 8 o'clock. TBS will have that game over in the American League. Hey, we had Dusty Baker on this show off the bench. What, about a week and a half after he won his first World Series last year? Hopefully, we can get him back again. He's done it again in Houston. For the fourth straight season, Dusty Baker takes his team to the National League Championship Series. It is the seventh consecutive trip to the American League Championship Series for the Houston Astros. Think about that for a minute. You said it's the equivalent of roughly earlier today. Be like a football team. Yeah, going to the conference championship seven. Well, I mean, like what? The, the Patriots went like eight straight years. Chiefs are on like five straight years. I think it's... Maybe the best streak going on in sports, maybe only rivaling Kansas basketball winning the Big 12. And I think we're going to be talking about Kansas later. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what? As we speak, they are at Allen Fieldhouse. And up in the rafters up there where they have the catwalks, somebody's job today is to go pull up a Final Four banner and make sure that nobody ever sees that again. The Astros finish off Minnesota yesterday 3-2. They win three games to one. So we have, I mean, everything's bigger in Texas. And we have an all-Texas American League Championship Series. The first game of that matchup is slated for Sunday in Houston. The National League Championship Series, if you wonder, Ing will start Monday in either Philadelphia or Atlanta, taking on the D-backs. And look. Uh, I tell you, if you if you like basketball, and I know a lot of people are not WNBA fans. I understand. I get it. But I got to tell you, if you take a few minutes to sit down and watch it, it's unbelievable what some of these women do on the basketball floor. Uh, the Las Vegas team last night, they're now a win away from making it back-to-back championships. In the first half last night, they shoot 70% from the field. They shoot 60% from three-point range. 104-76 route. They try and wrap it up. 
three games. What, what, what the hell are you laughing at? <laughs> what are we it's doing? something funny? Let me say good morning, funny. everybody. Trace, good morning. <clears throat> You're over there sneezing and hacking and bringing in McDonald's. <laughs> Casey, you doing all right? <laughs> uh, I'm sneezing, hacking, not bringing in McDonald's. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elliot, Reed, you guys okay today? Uh, yeah, I'm do I was doing great until Trace started laughing yeah. at the, the Las Vegas Aces versus the – How do you know what I was laughing at? How do you know what I was laughing at? Because you laughed when he was bringing it up. I mean, why else were you laughing? Don't deny it. You were you were laughing that I had that in the monologue. I mean, were Tom, you, yes or no? Tom, as so much as I as much as I love you, you 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 text me every now and again like, hey, how'd I do? Today's monologue, the worst the worst monologue you've had since you started. We had Taylor Swift in the WNBA. Those two things in and of themselves, boom, straight to the bottom. See, you said that's that. a terrible take. See, that's a bad it. take. That's a bad it take, Tom. Because Tom, see, Tom talks about women and Trace hates it. Over <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it yeah, turns that's into. What it Here we go. I'm just, I'm that's just brutal. looking at the stats. I'm that's not, a bad look. Yeah, it's it's not a good look for Trace. What I, a bad look I, I can't imagine how hard it is for Tom hosting a very serious sports talk show. And we got and we got Mr. Giggles over there laughing about, sneezing about. Bringing in McDonald's. He's br- and the big thing is he's bringing in McDonald's and he offers us nothing. But, well, yeah, go- because he had nothing. He, I, well, that's Except true. Except that which is sitting in his boiler right now. <laughs> and he even badmouthed that. <laughs> what a shame. What a I shame. mean, how, how are you supposed to, as an employee anywhere, right? Yeah. Literally 12 minutes after you start to do your job on a given day, whatever job you have. Okay, and all of a sudden, your boss basically tells you in front of everybody, "That's eh, pretty horseshit." <laughs> he does it on a daily I, basis. I what do you mean? mean? <laughs> now, how is that good for morale, Casey? I don't know, man. I don't know. We just push through. We try to be better every day. We're just we're not there yet. Tom, a wise man, a wise man's once said, "No snowflakes." Yeah, you're right about that. So Tom. we move on. We got a great. You know what we do have? We you have, can't uh, say that anymore. We, about, we have about an hour. And, we got an hour and forty-five minutes to, to to rectify the ship. We can turn this thing around. It's not let's, even turned all the way around yet. We can get yeah, it back start, on let's track. Start right now, was Brittany Griner on one of those teams you mentioned? I didn't know. <laughs> was Brittany Griner on one of those? The Aces. What team is she on? Do we know? Oh, do we don't. We don't. Tom, know. you don't know. I don't know. I don't follow. I don't. I, follow I, don't, I, I, don't I didn't know she was. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know she was playing. Listen, this. listen. I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's do a deal. I'll, and I'm being serious. I'll give a hundred dollars. I'll give a hundred dollars without looking it up. You better close your computers if you want to. If you want to play. Okay. If you can name ten WNBA team mascot names right now, you name ten of them. I'll give you a hundred dollars. You want to do it? Hundred dollars. Aces. Yep. Mercury. Yep. Yeah. There was gonna be. There's gonna be a time limit here because okay, the chat okay, doesn't want to wait. Chicago Sky. Yep. There's three. Sparks. New York Liberty. There's seven. That's five. <laughs> well, no, it's not. That's five. <laughs> All right. My point. I think my point's been taken and proven. You got five more to go. You want to let me finish? I mean, are we just gonna are we just gonna wrap up this segment where I get to the final five? We're gonna wrap up this. I mean, we're talking about Phoenix and uh, the Lynx, the Red Bulls, the Red Bulls. <laughs> Tom. All right, sorry to get. We need our we need our fearless leader Tom to get us back on track. What, Tom, what, where are we going with this? Tom? I'm still trying to recover. Still trying to recover. Tom, you're gonna be coaching. Lynx, again this year. the Dream, the the Sun, the Wings, the Fever, Fever. the Aces. Mouse Cop's on it. Sparks. Well, I Mouse just, Cop I also has a computer in front of him. I didn't him. need the hundred dollars. I didn't. I didn't want to take. Yeah, Trace's it's tip money for a guy like you. right. I mean, if he had if, if he had a hundred dollars, he would have bought us all breakfast. Instead, he just bought himself breakfast. <laughs> That's and, right. Just have a, you know you have a, whatever they do over there now. When you can get like 
three things for like four dollars or whatever it is. That was Trace this morning. Yep. 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 D U N. Um got a super chat. Yeah, super chat. Sir Boy Wonder, our good friend, who has a new gig. Congratulations, man. I'm happy for you. Um He's sitting here watching the show on his last day of work. Wait a minute, last day of work. That's the old job before he moves it, to the new he's got job? got a big, big yeah, new think, thing. Then. Yeah, he's got a new job. So I think this is his last day of delivery. The old job. Okay, yeah, all right. right. Well, be careful out there, sir boy. You're our guy. He has one question. Elliot, did you take my parlay that I sent to you? Yay or nay? Uh, nay, unfortunately. What was the parlay? The horse says nay. I have the parlay in front of me. He gave me this parlay. I forgot about it. He texted me. I forgot about it. He says um, it was Houston money line. So that was the Astros. That's a dub. That's F- a win. Philly money line. Dub. That's a win. Arizona Diamondbacks dub. money line. That's, That's a win. win. And then he ended it with the Chiefs money line tonight. I unfortunately didn't ride. I didn't ride it. Mm. And that's on me. So if you were, and I'm not a gambler, so I don't know this. I, I, I'm asking yeah. this question <clears throat> seriously. Um, if you played that parlay, Right? And all he needs is a Chiefs to win the night, you said, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you bet $100, how much money you win on that? Well, that one, it's a four-legger, including an underdog. I would imagine that would be at least 10 to 1. So it'd be, wow. So you, uh, if you bet 100, you'd win 1,000. $1,000. You, you want to hear something preposterous that happened yesterday? Yeah. So our, our good friend, Nick Kirby, led me onto this website um, called Bar- Ballpark Pals at the beginning of the Ballpark season. Ballpark what? Ballpark Pal. It's a, it's a, you know. Pal, P-A-L? P-A-L. For as much as we all, you know, wanna, you want, we want to kind of dunk on the analytics for, from time to time on this show because sometimes it does become a little, um, a little overkill and makes the game seem like not fun because it's just a big math problem. Okay. When... When he shared this with me, I, I kind of started following along with it. And it's just this analytical thing that says, hey, here's your advantages on player props. It'll tell you, like, who's more likely to hit a home run, this, that, and sure. the other, right? So late in the office yesterday, you know, those that are you – know, and I don't really want to do this bit because people, everybody here, for the most part, works hard. But everybody that was here at the end uh, – <clears throat> I'm sending out invoices or whatever. And Elliot's just, you know, he's being his degenerate self. And that's just uh, – what are we betting on? What are we going right, to bet on? Right, That's not – So – so essentially, I pull up ballpark pals. I try to figure out, you know, what what are the uh, what are the advantages we might have on the books, and I give them three names, Tom. Okay. Three names that are going to hit a home run. Ready? Yep. Brandon Marsh, home run. Okay. Uh, I think it was Perdomo. Is that who it was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Home run. Yep. That, now that's a boy. I mean, that's that's a long shot. And then uh, was it Maldonado? Yeah, Maldonado. And it was Maldonado. Was this guy, and to be fair to Elliot, I'm going to give him a chance to kind of explain the situation. I, sure. I think he won some money. But he sends a text to me that has a screenshot of this guy decided not to just take one, you know, like take him individually just to win a little bit of money. He parlayed all three of them together to where Ooh. they all had to hit to win. My man was sitting on a bet last night, $5 to win $5,500. Wow. And he was one swing away. Elliot? I was one swing away. I, I didn't believe in this little magic website Trey showed me yesterday. Uh, I, I don't know where he pulled it from. He obviously just told it. Uh, Nick Kirby showed it to him. But I, I was doubting. Trey read me the names of Marsh, Maldonado, and uh, Perdomo. And basically, they're the three lowest guys to hit a home run. Three lowest odds. Three, the three worst odds to hit a home run. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to if I'm going to do this thing all the way through, I'm going to parlay him and we'll see what we can do. It was 10 to win 10,200. It was five, for a $100 bet. 
for for no, a five five dollar five dollar a five dollar bet, bet would have oh won me fifty okay. oh, five dollar bet would have won me fifty five hundred a hundred dollars would have won you a hundred thousand dollars on this bet that he took but here's the crazy part about that parlay hey, you can't <laughs> win if you don't play that's right Tom that's right Tom but here's the thing about that parlay so Perdomo hit the second home run of that the middle home run was Maldonado that game ended real that game ended earlier than obviously the Diamondbacks Dodgers game if perhaps Perdomo hits that home run in the first inning when there's still three, four innings left of that Twins-Astros game. They would have given me a cash-out option probably for around, I don't know, $500, $800, which I would have utilized because Maldonado's a bum. But I, it is, it is, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun little parlay. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at Trace's website again today for a bet, and, and we're going to try to win some more. Responsibly, of course. Please bet within your means. Did you at least? Did you one eight hundred? Did you at least take them individually though? Did you? I took Perdomo individually. It was the only one I took individually. Okay. One eight hundred gambler. Yeah, twenty one plus in Ohio, Tom. If you have a problem, and now they have it in Kentucky, and in the Commonwealth. Does Michigan have it? (laughs) Michigan does. Michigan has it to where you can do casinos. Yeah, you can do the online casino. You can. There's you can play blackjack and roulette on your phone. So, does Pennsylvania? Does Pennsylvania have it? Pennsylvania has Pennsylvania, it. So we're surrounded now. We're officially surrounded 100%. West Virginia. West Virginia. By degenerates. I don't know if Common degenerates. Many, almost, of, many, listen, many of whom are in this room. I almost punched, punched down on West Virginia right there. So I'm going to be don't the bigger person and not don't do the do joke, that. unlike others in this office. I, I want to say West one other thing that Trace is going to be mad at me for, Tom. He's going to be mad at me. I bet... So we, we were talking about bets last night, and I bet Perdomo individually to hit a home run. Trace gave me another one. It was Perdomo. Wait, so you won that bet? I won that bet. I, won, I did win So you bet what and won what? I won $5 to win 60 Wow. For Perdomo to hit a home run. Nothing wrong with that. No. It, he gave me another one. It was Perdomo. Why did you guys come up with Perdomo? Because it was on this website? It was website? on yeah. this magic website. He has got All a magic right, website. Okay. All right. Okay. Perdomo. He's got another one. It was Perdomo to hit a home run. So we already had that. And then the Diamondbacks to win. I already had a Perdomo bet going. I'm like, all right, this guy's not hitting a home run. I had doubts. So when I placed the bet, I, I placed it when I was in this office. I placed Perdomo to hit a home run and Diamondbacks money line. I cashed out of that when I just got my money back. I didn't want to. I didn't want to waste it. So I could have had. What did more. you win on that? I could. That's called a parlay, right? That's called a parlay. Okay. That's a two legger. Okay. I would have won. I would have won. I think right around hundred dollars if I put my ten dollars on it, which I had on it, but I cashed it out because I didn't believe in it. It's all right. But Trace did believe in it, and he wrote it, and he won some money. So good for Trace. Some say he's a sharp. Uh, we have all kinds of people uh, joining this conversation. It, you know, there are a couple things guaranteed to get people fired up, and that's when you start talking about gambling. That's right. I mean, it really does. It really does. I liked it better when we were disappointed in Taylor Swift, Tom. <clears throat> yeah, but we, although we get a lot of, we get a lot of feedback on the Swifties. Uh, I'm trying to find out. Somebody in the chat had told us that they were the NHL guy. They're seven for seven so far on their bets in the NHL. So he offered that uh, anybody who wants to bet on the NHL, this is your guy. Um, Nick Kirby points out that over the last 12 years, the Diamondbacks and the Reds have been to the playoffs uh, the same number of times, and that's true. But I'm talking about the last 25 years. And zero, zero longer than that for the Red Legs. Zero series wins. I'm trying to think of a fan base more starving than Cincinnati. The one would be the the one Detroit. Uh, yeah, I was well. You know, 
that was the one I came to mind. But they've had the hockey team win. That's right. Right? They've yeah. also been to the World Series. I mean, damn, that's nice. Well, maybe. In my life, Maybe. We, they we, lost it, But though. we've been to a Super Bowl, so if you're just talking about a town, like it's – Oh, it's, we're talking about towns. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of – Cincinnati is the number one – I mean, New York's starting to get there, to be quite honest. New York has struggled. The, li- the Lions have never won a Super Bowl. The Tigers won in 84, I believe. Sparky, right. right? Sparky. Minnesota has to be the worst, though. That, I, I genuinely believe that. Minnesota, the, the Vikings have been nothing Heartbreak. but a letdown yep, forever. Twins, twins, and the Twins twi- have been nothing but a letdown, too. J- just be, I would almost, I guess, this is, a, this is kind of a fun little uh, sports, sports talk thing for a second. Would you rather your team be really good and just fail every postseason or be like the Marlins where you are bad most of the time and then randomly once every blue moon you are, have a good team and you make a run in the postseason? Anybody have a thought on that? I, I mean, yeah, if, if you're asking me if I'd rather be the Marlins and win two World Series over the past 25 years or be a team that, like the Twins that make the postseason 15 times and never win a dang playoff series, yeah, I'm taking the Marlins. Well, wait a minute now. The Twins won a World Series here, so hold in, on a second in 92. Now. No, it was uh, probably eight. They won two of them. They won an 87 and they won a 91, if I'm not mistaken. But then they lost 18 consecutive playoff games. I understand. I understand. Games. I would take I w- as somebody who's never seen a championship, as somebody who's n- really never been close, other than one Bengals Super Bowl appearance. <laughs> close. Uh, you were one penalty away. We were one penalty away. People forget about that. The ref screwed us. I would take a championship over anything. I, if the Reds won a World Series, that would last me 15, 25, 30 years. No. They, it would, it, that's how long it would last me. Listen, as a Cubs fan, we said if, if the Cubs win the World Series, those guys will – Will be forever <laughs> engraved in, in Chicago, and no Joe Madden was fired three years later. No I think doubt. it's different. I think it's. I think it's three v- years later. I think it's vastly different when it's a big market team compared to a small market team. I think a small market team those those opportunities are so small, especially in baseball and professional baseball. The Royals have had objectively one of the worst two decades of all time, except for the two year run where they had one World Series. So I I, I think that World Series for that Royals team that franchise <laughs> meant the world. So. Well, see, that's where that's where in this day and age, and look, th- this year has gone against the grain for the first time, uh, as far as um, sm- the, the teams that spend the most money not winning. Because if I'm not mistaken, the three highest payroll teams in baseball this year, in, in no particular order, were the Mets, the Yankees, Padres. Right? None of the three in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the bottom line is. And we'll see what happens. Arizona is a big television market. It might be considered a mid-sized baseball market team, right? But television market-wise, it's big. Well, Atlanta and Philadelphia are huge. Houston and Dallas are huge, right? Spending a fortune, right? right? Rangers go out. They go all in this year. They throw that idiotic money. I mean, God bless Jacob DeGrom, but I mean, we talked about it when they signed him. We're like, you got to be kidding. He hadn't pitched in three years. So they're like, okay, trade deadline. They go out, you know, before the deadline, they get a roll as Chapman. They go out and they get Montgomery. The point I'm making is it's still going to be a big market team. Now, Arizona of the teams left would be by far the lowest on that, that totem pole. Uh, but, you know, look, it, 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 it's one of those things where, you know, you, you sit there and the sport and you wonder, but back to the Kansas City thing and how this ties in, and I compare that to the Reds run there in 2010, 12, 13, 
when you get the chance to get there as a small market team, you could say the same thing as a big market, but their chances are certainly higher of getting back to a postseason or a World Series in a smaller market team. When you have that group of players that by and large you have brought up through your system, the Royals did it, right, when they played in the two World Series and they won one of them, right? The Reds in 2010, they don't win a game in a playoffs. In 2012, they're leading two games to none in a best of five. They have not lost three in a row at home all year long. They get blistered by the Giants and goodbye. Dusty Baker will tell you to this day, and he did on this very show, it's the most painful series he's ever been a part of. Bronson Arroyo, the way he talked about the series. Point I'm making is when you get the chance as a small market team, you have to do it because the window is so small and so narrow before all those guys collectively start making big money. You can't pay them or you don't want to pay them, whatever it might be. The Royals did it. The Reds didn't. They won. Yeah. They won. Got to go. Got to go. Tom, I have a question about the Phoenix market because you you obviously broadcasted there for yep. for a while there. Do they suffer from a, a similar fate as the Florida teams? And I, when I think of Phoenix, never been there. I, I don't know a whole lot, but when I think of it, I think of it kind of. It's a place where people retire a lot of the time, right? Well, I mean, it, it, it yes. To answer your question, it was known as that for a long, long time, but it also has become very much a hot spot for young people to go live okay yeah so but a lot of people are from somewhere else so that's my question in, yeah. in terms of their sports fandoms are are most people that live in phoenix transplants because it's a big city it's a it's, it's a very it's big enormous city. five and a half six million people but everyone greater a phoenix greater everyone's phoenix. a transplant mostly so is that why their their uh, fan bases aren't as big as other yeah oh yeah cities? for sure Although I heard Bob Costas last night, and I love Bob Costas. I, I, I mean, I, I've always just, uh, as a guy, I like him a lot. And, and as an announcer, I like him a lot. But he made a comment last night, which, which um, this is where when you're a national announcer, you really have to take the time to talk to local and find out what's going on. It's very hard to do. I mean, you know, you're asked to go in there and you get dropped in there to do, a, 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 in this case, a division series. You haven't done baseball all year long. Right. I mean, in Costa's case, maybe he's done, what, five, six, eight, ten games all year. Well, now you're dropped into this series between two teams. Doesn't matter who they are. In this case, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. And, you know, and believe me, I've made this mistake a, a billion times. So I'm not criticizing in any form or fashion uh, what Costa said last night on the air. But I had a couple of texts from buddies of mine in Arizona during the game when he made the comment pertaining to what you just asked. He, he made the comment there were a lot of Dodger fans in Phoenix before the Diamondbacks were born. The two teams that own Phoenix were the Giants. Their AAA team was in Phoenix for 30, 40 years. They're playing outside in Phoenix all summer, the Phoenix Giants. Um, and the Cubs. The Cubs have an yeah, incredible were, following. Yeah, WGN, a superstation. A lot of transplants from Chicago move out there. they always had their spring training. Yeah, always. Right? Yeah, yeah. And they, they're one of the teams that's been there forever. And so those are the two teams. Not saying there, aren't, there weren't Dodger fans. But, you know, it, it's interesting the whole the, the, the Diamondbacks and the way they draw or, or don't draw more accurately. Uh, because by and large, they've had decent teams. Now, they haven't put together long stretches of being good, mm -hmm. to your point, Trace, about, you know, 
being good for a long time, but they've had nice stretches. And many believe out there that they're building the kind of team now that the Reds are building, where they have a chance to be really good for a long time. Young players, exciting style of baseball. Unlike the Reds, the Diamondbacks play great defense. Yeah. Phenomenal defense. Got a lot of speed. And, you know, I mean, all the talk of Ellie De La Cruz or Matt McClain or whatever, neither one of those guys held a candle to what the kid did, the right fielder for them. Carroll. He is a hell of a player. He's a great player. Little, uh, you know what he reminds me of a little bit is uh, he's a little unorthodox in a way. Like His he kind of goes goofy. So funky. Hunter Pence, he's like Hunter Pence-ish. He's not nearly as bad as Hunter Pence in regards to just like this guy looks goofy. But he, he, uh, I always want to call him Corbin Burns for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Right, you're right. I have you're that right. like weird thing in my mind now where I keep calling this kid Corbin Burns because I just, I don't know. Maybe Corbin Burns is etched in my nightmares from this year. But um, Corbin Carroll is a f- fantastic player. And when you look at the Diamondbacks, yeah, they are very much, uh, they very much are like the Reds. One guy gets on base and you think that there's a high, there's a high chance that they're probably going to try to steal a bag or they're, they're going to go first to third on a base hit. Um, but give the Diamondbacks credit. They got a guy yesterday, the, the fat kid or whatever, however you say that kid's name, yeah, fought, the uh, fought. He went out there and he looked like he wanted the ball. And that's, that's has to be encouraging. I think the kid's like 24, 25 years old, first time uh, in ever in a spot like that. They were they were doing like these um, these interviews in the middle of the game now, obviously in the postseason, and they just it's wild now how they're just interviewing this guy right when he comes out of the game, a half, yeah. in, a half inning stuff. after a, ha- a half inning after he was just in like high intense competition, yeah. and they got him posted up on the side of the on the side of the lock or the club of uh, the dugout, I should say, not the clubhouse, but the dugout. And he's telling you that that's the biggest uh, that's the biggest game he's ever pitched in, without a doubt. So congratulations. His other start in the postseason, he wasn't very good. His offense bailed him out. But I still maintain, and and look, it all depends on how it's going to play out. But now Arizona can set its pitching up for the league championship series. They're going to be playing on the road, and for my money, their top two starters, Gallon and Kelly. They're the best one-two starters on any team left in this postseason. And so, hey, you know, it's like we talked about yesterday. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. I'll be the first to say this year, when I saw the Rangers play, now that was really early in the year. They were in first place at the time. They looked terrible. Terrible. But again, it's early in the year. They've made a lot of changes to that team since then. Um, we watched the Dodgers this year and, and watched their pitching go through what it went through. And really, at the end of the day, that's what killed the Dodgers this year is all their pitchers, starting pitchers got hurt. And there's only so much you can do if you're Dave Roberts. Um, Atlanta. You watch Atlanta play on offense all year long. They're clubbing home runs. They got guys stealing bases. Acuna, without a doubt, is a landslide. Might be unanimous MVP this year. Um, but they remind you in a lot of ways of what Bronson Arroyo talked about with the 2012 Reds team and the reason he was on the show, you may remember. And he told us he was very concerned how far that team could really go because you had a lot of streaky swing and miss guys. Atlanta has a lot of swing and miss guys. And they don't have the power pitching in the front of their rotation. We're in a short best of three, best of five, 
that they're going to dominate the opposition. They don't have it. Arizona, the front two pitchers, now they're not, certainly Gallon is not, Kelly would be. They are not your, your typical power pitchers. But boy, I tell you, and, and I might eat my words, they might get swept in the LCS. But with those two guys starting the first two games on the road in an LCS, they got a legitimate chance to win this thing. Nick Kirby tells us that the Diamondbacks were 21st in team payroll. The Reds were 23rd. Yeah, he also uh, agreed with you about that the biggest difference between the Diamondbacks and the Reds was their defense. Because by all stretch... And I mean, their first two starters. Yeah, they're, they're front-line starters. And are, their bullpen wasn't running the ground. But, yeah, I think, that's, I think there's got some legs to that. Are you guys rooting for anybody? I think I'm rooting for the Braves. I think I am. I think when you have a team that, that, that's been that talented all year long, I'd hate to see them have to go out, play a division rival, if you want to call it that. And then um, it's just tough. The postseason, we talked about it yesterday um, a little bit about, and, you're, and you, even your, your, uh, Marty brought it up, just the idea that, you know, hey, sometimes when you get in the postseason, the best team doesn't always win, and that's okay. But it is nice to see some teams get rewarded on being able to get to a seven-game series because a seven-game series, I think your full roster, your full team shows its hand a little bit more. The Phillies have two unbelievable frontline starters, and that's just tough. I think that's part of the reason why the Braves have struggled offensively a little bit. But I just put a bet in this morning because I just had a little weird feeling, and this is the rationale I have. So you can't say I didn't tell you when I brag about it if it works and happens. I took the Braves to win the World Series because their odds to win the World Series right now are the highest. And that's obviously because they're facing two elimination games. But they're favored to win tonight. And if they win tonight, they have a home game in a best of five, winner yep, take all, game right. five at home. And if they win that, then I think they're going to face a Diamondbacks team that they're significantly better than. Yeah. And the Diamondbacks are probably going to have to wait just long enough to where you've seen it before in the postseason where a team's hot, but they got to sit for three or four days. That kind of mojo and the feeling of, of what's been happening for the Diamondbacks of late kind of wears itself off. And then now you're sitting with a bet where you have, I think it's like plus 600 um, on Betfred, where you have the best team remaining still in the postseason to win the World Series at the best odds you can possibly get them at. Now I get it. If that goes up in flames tonight, so be it. But I think the Braves for all intents and purposes, have, uh, if you love analytics and you like the Ballpark Pal app, they said they have a 68% chance of winning today. So we'll see where that ultimately goes. I think I, I started the postseason, I think, cheering for the Orioles. I think it would have been cool to have them win a uh, World Series using the model that the Reds are pretty much following to a T. Right now, I, I'm torn between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. I think the Phil the Philadelphia fans are my favorite fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watching 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 those fans celebrate or not even celebrate, just interact with the game for a, for a nine inning baseball game. They're standing up the whole way. They're they're singing to every walk up song. Philadelphia fans are electric. I, I know I know everybody hates Philly. They say they're scumbags or whatever they say. Philly Philly fans are Philly fans are awesome. So if, if they get to win a World Series, I, I'd be pretty happy with that. If the Diamondbacks win a World Series, I'd also be very happy with that. I I, I doubt it. Reed has, Reed has made this known. I've doubted the Diamondbacks the whole way through. Yep. To have them do what they're doing in this postseason is pretty cool. So Arizona or Philadelphia are my teams. Reed, you rooting for anybody? Uh, I guess if I root for anybody, it's the Rangers. Um, just because I think Bruce Bochy is the best manager that I've seen in my lifetime. Yep. And, I, and I think it's an incredible 
testament to his career if in his first year as the Rangers manager, he takes a team that won less than 70 games last year and takes him to a World Series and wins it. And it just solidifies the fact he's already a Hall of Famer, but it solidifies the fact that he is the best manager of my generation, bar none. But you know what? It goes to show you, and I mean, this isn't like breaking news or anything. Uh, it, it goes to show you that when you have good players, because all the years he managed in San Diego, now he took them to one World Series. I think that was in 98. But when you go back and look at those teams that he had, they, they had a lot of homegrown talent that were, that, that, that were there for a long time. The payrolls then weren't what they are now. I mean, you had guys like Steve Finley and Nevin and some of these, you know, Tony Gwynn, of course, is on that team. They had some phenomenal players on that team. They got swept in the World Series by the Yankees. I'm pretty sure it was 98. Yeah, 98. That's right. But then, you know, then all of a sudden they, they purge a the whole operation. Uh, they, they can't win anything because they don't have players. Mm -hmm. Well, he goes to San Francisco, and we know what happened there. Three World Series, right? Five years. In, yep. yep. And, um, and he goes down to Texas, and he has a team that's going to spend a lot of money. They bring in good players. Yes, they've made some bad decisions, but when you have a big money owner that's going to spend a ton, you can try and buy your way through that mistake, the mistake being DeGrom. I mean, they were counting on this guy being their number one starter in the postseason, right? I mean, he was done after the first month. And so, okay, well, it's a mistake. We still got to pay the guy all these hundreds of millions of dollars. But we're going to go out and buy our way into a chance to still be there. And that's what they've done. They've gone out and made some really savvy trades. They had a lot of good players already. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Casey, are you rooting for anybody? You have a rooting interest in any of these teams? Uh, I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks. I didn't say natural. I, of course, I'm rooting for Arizona. I worked there. I loved it there. I love the people that run that franchise. Uh, I, I'm definitely rooting for the D-backs. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anyone I'm necessarily rooting for uh, team-wise. I'd like to see Dusty maybe win it again. Just, really? Just to solidify it, you know, that he's a legit manager, uh, a guy that we can all, um, you know, Firmly put him in the Hall of Fame or something like that. And I would like to see Diamondbacks just because your connection with them. That's really, oh, that's all, nice. you know, that's I, very that, nice. that'd be cool to see too. Yeah. I sent, I sent real quick, if that's okay, to make, Reed's going to make a point real quick. Casey, I sent you a DM uh, from the Phillies game last night. I wanted to just show it real quick. Uh, just, it was electric. I went, when, I forget, I think it was Harper who hit the home run, um, his first home run. And there was just two guys, Tom, standing on the roof of the stadium. I don't know how they got there, but these Philly fans, I, 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 they, they just love to climb things. They love to climb the poles in the streets when they win and they start riding through the streets. Yep. This, I guess, and Drew Garrison, shout out to Drew, he's an avid member of the chat. He's a member of Chatterbox. He, he drew this, he, he drew my attention to this. So you're going to watch this home run by okay. Bryce Harper and then look at the top of the stadium. You will see two pedestrians. Boom. Place <clears throat> goes crowd. nuts. Look at the crowd. And then look, look at, at those that. two guys up there. Did you see them? I saw them. How'd they get there? Well, I think they're the same two guys that are taking off the Final Four banner at Allen Fieldhouse later on. <laughs> they flew out of Philly this morning into Kansas City and drove over. <laughs> I th you know what, though? You're right. And, and look, I've done a lot, of, uh, a lot of baseball, a ton of football in Philadelphia. And, you know, the thing about New York and Philly, 
Okay, I mean, it can be dirty and it can smell and oh, it can yeah. be na- all those oh, yeah. things. There's a lot of good to both of them, but there is an edge that you don't get in the Midwest yeah. or the South or certainly the West. There is an edge to the city. There's an edge to the fan base. If you're going good, man, you are the king of the jungle. And if you're going bad, it is lower than hell itself. But man, the baseball and the football games, the upper deck of a football game at Lincoln Financial Field in Philly. And these teams are a part of You these- would never take your son or daughter there. <laughs> well, I, it's just ever. It, it's just cool to see like real. Unless fans. they like to fight, some <laughs> kids like to fight. By the way, that's been an epidemic in the NFL right now. I don't know. There's been a there's been a viral there's been a viral trend of at least one fight in every in every NFL game. This How season. about your homeboy here, headbutting the guy? I saw that. Yeah, there was I, no doubt he was an elder guy. <laughs> what was that? He was an elder. No, he's yeah, not. There's, elder. A, there's an edge to elder. That's absolutely true, Tom. It was an elder guy. That's a west. That's a west side guy. Yeah. No, no. East siders, they like to slap. They like to slap, Tom. Slap. They yeah. slap. You're a slapper. West side, west siders, they they hit with their heads. They hit with their fist. Bare knuckle bruisers, bruisers, Tom. Okay. <laughs> Tom, I got a question for you. While we're sitting talking about the MLB postseason, there's been a lot of talk about this uh, in multiple sports, but. It's really reared its head recently because of uh, because of the the better teams exiting the postseason early, and the Braves are yep. on the brink of elimination right now. Do you think there's any validity to people teams that get the buy lose their edge, right? Teams that that have to sit on the sidelines for four or five days and watch the wild card round, and they don't get a play for four or five days. Do you think there's any validity that? Having the buy actually hurts the team in some aspects. Well, look, I think I think you get a little bit of both. I mean, let's face it: on uh, for the teams in this case, let's just say the National League, right, where the Dodgers are already gone, uh, and Atlanta's a loss away. So those teams have that time off. I definitely think you can lose your edge. I don't think there's anything about it. But the flip side of that is you get to set your pitching, mm-hmm. and that is a big deal when series continue to go on. But the thing that has helped the underdog in this second round is they swept their opponent in the first round, right? Two games, done, just like that. Mm -hmm. Well, now all of a sudden you're going to get a couple of days off because they have to build in the possibility of that being a five-game series or a three-game series, Right. right? And then you'll have a day off or travel or another one. So you're able to reset... Your starting pitchers, at least those underdog teams this year, had the Phillies gone five games in their opening round, had Arizona gone five games in its opening round, then you wonder what would those next series look like. But look, I'll take all day long after a 162-game schedule, and it hasn't played out this year, so I'm wrong on this, this theory, but I think most people in any sport would say, I'll take the four days off. My team just played a 162-game schedule. I'll take the four days off and get my pitching set, my players rested, and have them ready to go. Houston was ready to go. Houston was ready to go. Houston's ready to go. Every year. Now, I mean, what's the difference between them and Arizona? I think Houston has better pitching because of the Dodgers' mess. I think Philadelphia is as good as Atlanta. Over a 162-game schedule, Did they win as many games as the Braves? No. But I think the Phillies are very, very close to being as good 
over the course of a year as the Atlanta Braves were. Is Bryce Harper a Hall of Famer? Could he retire today and go in the Hall of Fame? I don't think today he could, but, I mean, you're talking about a gamer. Yeah, I want you, that guy on my team. You know what's interesting about that is that um, we've, we've seen it in the last dance now. We've always heard about it. And most of the times, even if you played athletics in some form or fashion, you would agree that if anybody irritated you or said something negative about you or fired you up, uh, quote-unquote, it will usually led to a positive outcome. It is wild how in a day and age where, again, this isn't a um, – a not, in fact, we just won money off of a ballpark pal, so I'm not trying to crush the analytics crowd when I say this, but it is wild how in a day and age where we, where we consume so much analytical data on a game to where it's proven that from a psychological perspective, if you give elite-level athletes or just athletes in general a reason to try harder for some reason or care more, it usually turns out in the favor of the athlete yeah. that, that gets told something. Yep. Um, is it a coincidence yesterday that Bryce Harper hit two home runs right after Arcia said what he said, and he just happened to stare him down after each home run? Maybe. Maybe you could convince me of that, but I'm not going to buy it. It's just wild how psychologically um, you can't get yourself to that place with your own help, right? Like if Bryce Harper could get You're right. in that mindset. Yep. For 162 games, he probably would be the best baseball player maybe of all time. But the problem is you just can't do that. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the same reason. Like, the, the, the things – this is why your analytics loses it a little bit. And, and I think you brought this point into it is people's personalities matter. The same reason why people don't like Bryce Harper at times is the reason that when the lights are brightest, he shines. It's, I mean, if you want to talk about pitchers like uh, Jack Morris, postseason hero. Yep. Was, a, was, was good in the, in the regular season. Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling, it, an abrasive guy, right? A lot of people don't like Kurt Schilling. Yep. But when the lights shined, when it came down to nut-cutting time, yep. Kurt Schilling showed up. That's the same reason everyone loves Clayton Kershaw. I love Clayton Kershaw. Yep. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher that I've seen pitch in my lifetime. Yep. But everyone loves him. He's kind of a laid-back guy. He gets in the postseason struggles because he doesn't have that edge. And I don't know, Clayton Kershaw. I guess I'm just that's a fair. That's a fair point. Fair, I, I, he fair. just doesn't have that edge, right? you got to have that edge when it well, comes to the Well, I mean, just those two names we just mentioned, Schilling and Kershaw. Kershaw, is, I mean, Schilling, again, is the guy that, that – that, and I watched him pitch every five days for three years, and he was freaking – I mean, just unbelievable unbelievable how good he was mm -hmm. and especially in the postseason his numbers are some of the best of all time but there is an edge about Schilling right big strong right nasty tough there's an edge about him um you watch Kershaw and look native Texan uh and you're right incredible career does so much charitable work I mean he's a beautiful man and a beautiful human Correct. being and, and going to the all-star I mean going to the hall of fame no doubt but there's just something about it Nola's got that edge about him when I watch him in the playoffs. There's something about him that he – I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, Scherzer had that edge. Yeah, now, Scherzer not all turned Verlander. out well for Scherzer, but he had that sort of, you know, edge about him. Verlander. Same – now I'm talking about Hall of Fame guys. But even Christian Javier. We were talking about him earlier. Sure. Again, um, young, up and down, regular season. He can be, you know. But, I mean, man – Two years in a row now, you hand that cat the ball in the postseason, man. He is dealing. Mm -hmm. Dealing. No doubt. No doubt about it. 
The other thing that people have talked about, and I'm curious what you guys think about this. Trace, I'm going to start with you on this. You've heard a lot of people because these division champs that had the time off, okay, if Atlanta loses, it'll be three of the four that get knocked out. The only one that advances is Houston. I've heard a lot of people talking nationally saying, well, maybe what we should do is, is increase the wild card round to a best of five, increase the division series to a best of seven. And naturally, the league championship series and the World Series are a best of seven. Some people are saying that you won't have the upsets like we've had this year. Okay, that's fine. But that would then mean if you keep the format the same way, that the four teams that got buys, two in each league, they would instead of having five days off, they could potentially have eight days off if you go to a best of five in the wild card round. So I'm not so sure you're addressing the problem. What do you think of that? I think it's a tricky situation. I, I already feel like Major League Baseball's World Series, the, the crowning moment of their season, is too late into the season itself. I, it's already agree. getting cold in certain cities, and it just gets to a point where it's like, all right, do we really want to watch the most meaningful games of the year take place, in, take place in, in northern cities in this country? And there's a lot of northern cities in this country that don't have domes or something like that. Yep. Like they're, they're, I don't want to watch the Reds in a World Series, Tom, when the temperature's 40 degrees outside. It just doesn't feel like baseball. It doesn't feel like that's the way the game was intended to be played. You can argue football about being cold weather and, and the game changing. That's a part of the elements, all that. I don't feel that way about baseball. So I already don't want the, the season and the World Series to get extended for that reason alone. I know where you're going with this because of the competitive nature and the, and the edge that you get and all those things, and you want the best team theoretically to win. A tournament in and of itself uh, is not designed for that to be the case. Yeah. The tournament's probably the worst way to try to figure out what the best team is and how you should decide a champion, which is why, for all intents and purposes, the regular season is your true, probably best team. However, we love drama in this country. This is about entertainment. It's about selling tickets and, and money and all those things. I know I'm long-winded in this, but there's two, two points I want to make. One is, if MLB had a rev share and it wasn't so much just individually based in each individual market, I think that collectively the owners could agree we can cut down the games from 162 to 140 and do what you say and, and have a little bit of a longer postseason but still have these games. The World Series is played in October when the weather's beautiful for most of the country. Yeah. That would be perfect. The problem, that's never going to happen. We all know why. Um, and then the second thing would just be, you know, what is it about Major League Baseball and the idea that they probably are leaning on the idea that they need more games, Tom? Like, I'm not in TV markets. I'm not, or I'm not a TV executive, but I'm not a dummy to think that Major League Baseball – the TV deals they've done, it's hurting these TV companies not getting these extra games. Well, there's no doubt. They, we they, used to say all the time when I was doing Fox, basically, uh, when you get into the league championship round and the World Series, to make any money, you got to get to six games. Because all the rights fees you're basically paying, right, yep. are, are, got you covered where you're still losing through the front five. Four is a disaster. Five's a disaster. You get to six or seven, now you can start making some. But you're right. Think of how many games have been missed. A lot. For TBS. Uh, did ESPN do any of this? I don't remember. I think they did. Mm, yes. So yeah, they, they I think the, they did the, the they, wild card round. Yeah, they did the wild okay, card round. Okay, so card. You know, you, you, ESPN, Turner, Fox, FS1, whatever. They, believe me, they, you, you got a lot of guys pacing a hallway out in L.A. in Fox's case and the rest of them in New York or Connecticut that are sitting there saying, 
good Lord. We have paid a king's ransom. We needed the fourth game. We need, or the third game, the fourth game in a uh, best of three. We needed the third game. In the best of five, we needed a fourth and a fifth game. Only one series left going to game four. We'll see what happens in the LCS. That's a big deal. No doubt, no doubt. Tom, would you be in favor? Kirby put this uh, proposition in here. You know, for, first off, as for the current playoff format, I want to see it play out a little longer before we start changing things. I, yeah. don't think, I don't think anything needs to change right now. I think it's pretty good right now. But Kirby brought in this proposition, and I believe that the final two teams should has it have a disadvantage in the postseason. They already do because they don't play at home, right, in the wild card round. Kirby, Kirby brought this up and said, what if the top two teams in that wild card round play at home and you play a doubleheader the lowest the lowest teams the last teams to make the postseason got to beat the home team twice to advance into the divisional series it would be a doubleheader in the same day doubleheader yeah but it's still a best of three right no it would it, you would change it to where if you're the the final division winner and the top wild card team you got a better chance to make the divisional round but you're still adding a little bit of excitement, and you're still giving more teams into the postseason to say, like, here, here's your ticket to, to do something fun. But because of a 162-game season, you had a worse season than these guys, you've got to do something harder, which is go into a, a road opponent, and you got to win twice in one day to punch your ticket to the divisional. Round. I think that's horrible, and everybody would hate that. I think everybody in the world would hate that. I think that'd be that. exciting. I think that'd be exciting. First game would would, <laughs> would start at 1 o'clock, second game at, like, 5 o'clock. I, I think that, that wouldn't go over – well at all. My but my biggest issue with the MLB playoffs is you play 162 games, and I get Trace's point. You don't want to watch snow baseball, but at the end of the day, you're playing 162 games. I think the MLB playoffs each series should be best of seven. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to be like your season and after 162 baseball games, your series your season ends because you lose two games in the in the first round. I think I think you need at least four. I think you need at least four postseason games if you're going to do it, if you're going to make a change. So you're saying you would make the wild card round, you would be in seven. favor of making the wild card five. Five, yeah, five and then seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in other words, that, that Dodger series would still be going on. Yeah. All the series would still be going on because it was a three and done and nobody had hit the four wins if it was a best of seven. I don't and, know. And, I'm with you, Reed. I just think that, you know, let let, let, let's wait it out for a little play while. It out. Let's, let, play, let's, let's play wait it out for a little while. And I we mean, do – uh, we're going to have weather in a second. But, Casey, we do have a, a mailbag, if that's okay, right before. Uh, so Why don't we do it after the – is it on baseball? It's baseball. Okay, well, let's do really? it. Really? It's a baseball one. All right, if you haven't seen this um, – What? The, 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 this bit with the intro to this. This is as good as it gets. Let her rip. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. And again, you said that song is from Blues Clues. Blues Clues. Blues Clues. The okay. little dog is named Blue. Okay. Her name is Blue. Okay. Um, all right. So I have a letter here. Uh, as everybody knows, we get a letter from a child, and the child is from a class. So here we go. Okay. Today's mailbag comes uh, from... And these are national. We're getting these nationally national. from people all around the country. All around the country. Yes. Okay. Correct. Today's right. mailbag comes from Little Randy from Mr. Newman's class. Little Randy from Mr. Newman's class. Uh, little Randy says he and his brother used to pull pranks on their dad all the time by setting his car on fire so he couldn't go to work. We went through, we went through seven cars before Mommy took away our flamethrower. 
Speaking of flamethrowers, Lance Lynn flamed out again, future red, last night, and the Dodgers get swept by the Diamondbacks. Oh Would God. the Dodgers be considered the biggest postseason chokers in MLB history? Little Randy also put these nuggets in here. Uh, Dodgers won 100 games this year. They won 111 in 2022. They won 106 in 2021. And they won 106 in 2019. And three of the four last full seasons of play, the Dodgers have had 100-plus wins. They've been knocked out in the NLDS. Are they the biggest chokers in MLB history? And again, that's little Randy. From little me. sweet Randy from Mr. Newman's class. <laughs> Mr. Newman's class. Well, to start with, Randy should be in jail. So <laughs> we, we start with that. I mean, I don't know how we go from setting your father's cars on fire <laughs> to a question about the Dodgers being all-time choke job. That's a, that's a reach. But we got there. Little we Randy, there. hey, look. I don't, that's little, little Randy. Randy. That's not me. That's little Randy. I mean... Randy's like that dude uh, that was in the, the, the Stephen King uh, novel, uh, the, uh, the Stand. A little worried about little Randy there. Setting cars on fire. Took him seven cars to figure it out. It's little Randy. Tom, do you, do you, think, the Dodgers, do you think the Dodgers are frauds? Biggest choke artist in, look, in, in baseball look, history. You can make the – not in history. I, I think that that um, – you know, I, I struggle with this. It's interesting you ask that question because I remember all those years, year after year after year after year, every year during the decade of the 90s. Uh, I was broadcasting major league games every day for that whole decade and the next one too. And, good team. And, and you go to play the Braves and, you know, we were talking about banners. We were joking around a little bit earlier, but at, at old Turner Field, and they have now at the new ballpark, but old Turner Field out in left and left center, they would have these, they weren't banners, they were made out of whatever they were made out of. And it would just signify every time, it had a yellow color for every time um, they won a divisional championship. The color would be blue, I think, if with the year embedded in that particular flag if they made it to the World Series. And then they would have a red one that signified winning the World Series, which I believe for them was 95. 95, yes. Okay. So, you know, you sit there in one, one hand and you're like, man, these guys are the biggest choke artists of all time. Was it 13 straight years, if I'm not mistaken? Strike year uh, notwithstanding here. They go to the postseason and they only win one World Series. So... Could you sit here and say they're the biggest chokers in the history? You, you could, you could say it, mm -hmm. you could say it, but at the same time, man, it's so hard to win and to do it for that long. I mean, what the Dodgers are doing is unbelievable. Yeah, but they're spitting it up. And now this year, I think they had an excuse. I don't know about the other years, but this year they had an excuse. They had everybody in their starting rotation hurt and, and it just, it killed them. They didn't have it. They didn't have the horses to go to the post. What do you think? I, I think that we keep doing this thing every single year. Obviously, in the 90s, as you alluded to, the Braves. Everyone laughs at the Braves because they had four Hall of Famers, four surefire Hall of Famers, and their three starting pitchers and Chipper Jones, and they walked away with one World Series despite making the postseason every single year. We look at the, and we look at the Dodgers now. Listen, for the past 30 years, two teams pretty much are in the National League postseason every single year, and that's the Los Angeles Dodgers, and that's the Atlanta Braves. Yep. And they've won, in the last 30 years, those two teams have won three World Series. The Braves won in 95. The Dodgers won in a COVID year, so whatever. COVID year in 2020. Still won. They still won. And then the Braves won in 2021. But the thing about that Braves team was is they weren't 
no one really thought a lot of that team because they were under 500 at the at the All-Star break, under 500 at the trade deadline, and they snuck in the postseason with 88 wins and got hot, similar to what the Diamondbacks are doing now. So it just seems like we, we keep fooling ourselves every year into saying like, oh my God, this Dodgers team's unbelievable. I mean, go ahead and give them the World Series. Go ahead and give them the Commissioner's Trophy they've won. Oh my God, this Braves team's unbelievable. Go ahead and give them the Commissioner's Trophy. They're the best team in baseball. And then we get to the Divisional Series, and here they are. The, the Dodgers got swept, and the Braves are on the brink of elimination against an in-division rival. I, I, I think that we are... We, we are more than in our rights to call these these franchises frauds at this point because of their lack of postseason success. Trace, you buying that? Atlanta, chokers, or I mean the Dodgers, chokers, either one. I, you brought up Atlanta. I think it's a legitimate point. I don't, I don't, I feel like it's hard to call a team that wins 100 games chokers because I can't win a best of five. Um, Mookie Betts has been arguably one of the best baseball players um, this season. In fact, he's the only person that someone can make a reasonable argument as to why Ronald Acuna Jr. would not win the MVP, and he was 0 for 11. In a, in, a, in a playoff series. And Freeman had one hit. And, and Freeman one had one hit. Two so as much, Tom, as you've brought up the pitching, which I understand why, as a Dodger fan, you could point to that as an excuse, pitching was not the problem yesterday. They scored two runs. That's right. And The whole series. All, all, yeah, the whole series, they did not score runs. And if you're going to convince me or tell me that they're chokers because Mookie Betts had a couple games where he didn't get a hit, well... I would just say it's baseball. That's right. And I don't, you know, that's kind of my mindset with all of it. I've been in a, in a, in a long-winded argument about, uh, about how November 4th or whatever is the same as October 22nd and what's the difference. Well, I just have a strong belief that if you get below 50 degrees in the sport of baseball, it's not baseball anymore. To me, it's not the same game. I've, there's a reason that teams in college baseball – uh, in their in their uh, they play up here as for their home. They go south to start the year. There's a there's a reason that the vast majority of kids when they're younger growing up are much better at baseball than guys that grow up in the north is because they have better weather. The sport of baseball and weather go hand in hand. Football you could make the argument that until until it gets below 10 degrees it doesn't really affect the game all that much. Well, baseball is different. Baseball is a much more, in my opinion, skillful game. It's a little more delicate than a football game, per se. Right? It requires more touch. There's a reason they don't play basketball games outside in the winter. That's my main point. You're right. You're right. Um, you know, one of our favorite moments in this show each and every day. Uh, we've talked a lot about Tracy who's talking about weather. I mean, you, you think about it after God, family, country, weather probably slides in number four. Right? right? God, family, country, weather. So, without further ado, uh, and, 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 and Elliot, I don't know if you've given me a nickname. I know that when Trace was in here, uh, he'd throw it over and you would say, thanks, Chip. Yeah, he's Chip. I got to work on something for you, Tom. I, I know Reed's Ronald Reagan. I don't know. I don't have anything for you yet. I don't have, but I will. I promise you I will have something. Maybe by next week. Okay. I'm still working on it. All right. Here I'm we still go. working on it. Here we go. Take it away, Elliot. Here we go. Time for the weather. I know what everybody's looking for here. Uh, we just had a debate about weather, right? So we're, I'm going to weigh in on this on, on this topic because I think it's important. Uh, there you go. You see that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So listen, I love I love the cold and I love baseball. So it, it, I'm a winter guy. I'm a fall guy. 
most most of us meteorologists are we love the fall we love the cold it's just it's our, it's our bread and butter because that's when the weather actually matters is when it's cold outside and people need to know that today for instance it just flew in there <laughs> for today for instance here we go yeah thank you and everybody can do this also high of 75 uh low of 52 those are rough those are estimates really none of it's actually accurate to a point but it's accurate enough where it doesn't really matter. It's not raining today. That's all that matters. Zero percent chance of precipitation. Uh, that's according to me, of course. Other meteorologists might have different different things, different types of weather. Uh, but for me personally today, uh, I'm going to say it's no rain. No rain. It could have changed. Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't care. Um, phone. Check your phone. You're going to see the same thing I'm telling you right now. Again, it's going to be a great day. It's chilly. It's, it, there's a little brisk air. It feels like fall. Fall is unequivocally the best time of the year. There's no, you don't, you don't agree, Ronald Reagan? No, I don't agree. Listen, I, my, my take on fall is that the, the image that everyone has of fall, of, you know, 60 degrees, 50 degrees, um, sweater weather and the fire, that is perfect weather. The problem with fall is you get that in Ohio for like two weeks. Give, give, give it back. Give it back to me. Give it back to me. So again... You're, that's not true. That's not true. You're going to have decent weather. You're going to have 60 to 70 degrees all throughout the fall. I'm a meteorologist guy. I mean, you I know when fall ends. I know what I, <laughs> Kermit, please. I know what I'm talking about. Again, today, you don't need to watch any news broadcasts. I'm going to tell you right now high 75, low of 52. Those two things could change. It could rain. It could be really windy. It wasn't windy today, though. Uh, baseball, playoffs. I love, I love them in the cold. I love to be chilly. So that's it. Weather, weather forecast done. That's all you got. I'm out. Chip, back to you. Uh, yeah, I guess the camera's on me. And uh, you call me Ronald Reagan. I guess you can call me Kermit. I don't know what we're doing here. What are we doing here? Well, the, 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 the point of this bit is that Casey needs his time to get set up. Casey, go ahead and flip it back to you. Yep, there we go, yep. Casey. Yep, I'm, I'm here. I'm actually on the show. I've, I've been hiding all, all day because I sound miserable. But <clears throat> I'm going to try to do these ad reads the best I can. <clears throat> Uh, we're going to eventually talk Bengals. So the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Casey, Casey. Encore Technologies provides <laughs> IT solutions. Oh, my God. <coughs> for a data center. Our sponsors are bailing as we speak. For mobile oh computing, desktop data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Casey, I'm so sad. Visit Encore.tech. <laughs> the path to innovation begins here. Let me tell this, you about this wonderful this bottle idea. of water oh my here. God. I drank all of the it already. Just trying to help over me there recover. Down the door and heal. They said, We're out. But it's not working just quite yet. It's got to take a while to kick in. And I had a couple <laughs> bottles already in my in my system. It's gonna work though. Pawnee water made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration. <laughs> Unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and it's the best tasting water in the world. Yes, you can is, visit Pawnee really Water at P A H H N I. Oh my God, Casey, bring, or, Casey, bring it over here. Casey, bring it over here. Listen, we didn't get to this point, good. but one of the reasons that Pawnee Water is better. It is better. Is because it is what is filtrated wrong with you, Elliot? Naturally through <laughs> not limestone, happened, not though. lemon pebbles, but limestone. <laughs> listen, listen if, to this room. I mean, this is oh brutal. If you don't listen, I'm in Wuhan. The the one thing, the one thing, the one thing that Pawnee Water 
does limit is freedom. And I know that sounds like a major con. It limits freedom because if you don't like involuntary reactions to drinking the water, then don't drink it. Because every time you take a drink, I'll show you. Oh my god. It's that refreshing. Elliot spit water all over me. Tom, Tom, I, mean, my I say this My son is coming home uh, and uh, today from school and okay. the last thing in the world I want to do is hand him off, you know, whatever it is, it's floating around this room. Um, we need Mr. Pfizer here apparently. We need Travis yeah. Kelsey. I mean, we got we got Elliot <laughs> cleaning up his water. He spit water everywhere, guys. Um, we need Travis Kelsey here. We need Taylor Swift here, even though we are disappointed in Taylor. Um, I'll always be disappointed in Taylor. That will never change. Um, Pawnee Water, it's great stuff. It is it's great, great stuff. stuff. That's the uh, maybe, You know what the problem is? Is uh, Back in 2020, we were trying to figure out how to how to cure COVID, how to get around COVID. I don't think Pawnee was out at that point, and it is – I mean, have you heard a lot of COVID since Pawnee came out? I'm not saying. I'm just saying maybe this is it. Maybe you this is the know. reason. This is the reason. So what happened was, I, again, I, I apologize to Reed. That was very I, – I don't think I've ever done a real spit take in real life. But when Casey got to the, to the end of the spelling of Pawnee and then <laughs> did a sad little cough, it broke me. So I did a spit take. I apologize to everybody involved. Um, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have done that, but that was one of the funnier things that, that's happened. So I apologize. Tom, when, 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 I'm, when I'm the one be, having to be, have to be serious in this room, it's, it's not a yeah, it's, no it's, doubt. It's not being a serious. I just can't talk right now. When you spelled <coughs> Pawnee, P-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
And so 142 snaps on one side, 60 in the slot. So uh, everybody wondering, will Pete Carroll, you know, just have him travel around with Jamar Chase during the entire game? Um, you know, that remains to be seen. I know that Pete Carroll is an outstanding coach. I think this is the best team from an all-around standpoint that the Bengals have faced this season. They can run the ball, right? Which is scary. They got the kid out of Michigan State, Walker. They got the kid out of UCLA as like a number two back that's getting a lot of stats, mm -hmm. right? Charbonneau, I think his name is, right? Sure. Uh, the quarterback, say what you will about Geno Smith prior to last year. Um, but last year he was great. And this year, he's been really good again. Uh, and then defensively, they come at you with a pass rush. It has 16 sacks. They have a secondary that, that you know, it's not what the Legion of Boom was yet. But they think they have the talent by the end of the year. And it's why most people who follow the Seahawks will tell you, they think that this team is going to be more than a handful when they get to the end of the season if they stay healthy. But do you guys think this is the best team that the Bengals have played so far this year? Elliot? No, I, I think the Ravens are a better team. Okay. I, I think by the time this season ends, the, the Ravens will be far better. But the, the Seahawks are no slouch. I doubted the Seahawks. I doubted Geno Smith. They've got, a, they've got a very good defense. They've got an elite group of wide receivers. They have one of the best running backs in the game that I feel like not a lot of people mention. It's Kenneth Walker. Yep. So I, I, I think they're damn good. They're probably the second best team that we've played all year. So I, I'm I'm nervous. The spread I believe is two and a half points on Betfred Sportsbook. Mm -hmm. uh, I I'm not going to bet it, Tom. I'm not. I'm going to stay away from betting on the Bengals. You said that. I, I did say that. I, I just don't think. I think it's going to be. A, I think it's. I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, it's going to be the Kenneth Walker show on that on the one side, and it's going to be the Jamar Chase show on the other. Final score of this game, I have somewhere around 35-31. Oh, wow. Just an absolute shootout. You know, it's interesting you say that because Casey and I were talking early this morning. Um, I don't pay any attention to, to, to when they do these Madden, you know, play Sim the game. Simulations? Simulations. Okay. They had, Casey, what was it, 17-9 to Bengals? Correct. Correct. They, uh, they predicted the Bengals win 17-9, to and they get their nine points not from field goals, but one – Safety and a touchdown. Wow. So seventeen to nine. When I when I look at this game, guys, I look at it, it's a test of two teams that <laughs> they are just so different. Like I'm looking at the the Seattle Seahawks. Drew Garrison put this in the chat earlier. The Seattle Seahawks rank thirtieth in pass defense. That's what the Bengals want to do, right? That's what they they want to they want to sling the ball around the field. They want to move the ball. That's how they like to move the ball downfield. Yep. Then you say, what do the Seahawks do well? Well, they rush the passer very well. Well, I mean, obviously, if you if you well, they had the thing, eleven of their sixteen sacks in one game. That's true, but yep. eleven sacks in one game is 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 damn impressive. Yes, it is. And if you watch the Bengals for the past three years, you know that the one thing that we don't want to see is. Is a is, is a good pass rush. Then you look at all right. Well, it's uh, it's Pete Carroll. He likes to ground the ball. What are the Bengals been uh, gashed in defensively this year? Well, if you run the ball pretty well against the Bengals, you're you're gonna have some success. So, which ideology, which team is gonna overcome their deficiencies? Is are the Seahawks gonna overcome their their pass defense mm -hmm. deficiencies? Are the Bengals gonna overcome their run defense deficiencies? What team is gonna overcome their weaknesses and beat? Another team that I think both these teams are playoff teams. I don't believe that they're the best team that the Bengals have played. I, like Elliot, I think the Ravens are better. I think the Ravens are a very, very good team. Although Certainly better defensively. Certainly better. Yes. So 
which team is, is going to overcome their weaknesses this Sunday. And both these teams are going to circle this game at the end of the year and say this, whichever team wins this game, they're going to circle this, this game and go, this is where we found out who we were. This is where we found out that the Bengals are still the team that went to the AFC Championship last year, went to the Super Bowl two years ago, and the Seahawks go. This is where we found out that we are serious contenders in the NFC. And by the way, I want to thank uh, Nick for reminding me that it's it's pronounced Charbonnet is how you pronounce the guy's name out of UCLA. Rookie running back okay. is playing a lot. So thank you, Nick. Um, you know, you look at this game, and, and, and when you start the year 1-3, and 0-2, then 1-3, Joe Burrow came out and said, you know, before the Arizona game, this is a must-win game. For multiple reasons, I look at this Seattle game. Now that you've got the Arizona game behind you and you won that game, you yeah. get to two and three. Okay, there are a couple of things going on here. Remember, the Bengals have a bye after this game. But then all of a sudden, the bulk of their schedule not only in terms of just number of games, but in terms of the level of competition ramps up in a hurry. Because the first game after the bye, you go play the 49ers in Santa Clara. Think about the difference of how you view your team being two and four going into a bye, knowing the Niners are next, as opposed to three and three, knowing the Niners are next. I think that is a... An incredible difference as far as a team's psyche is concerned. Last week was a must-win game because you couldn't go one and four. This week, I don't think two and four is a death sentence, but it no. is when coming out of the break, as you mentioned, you've got two of the best teams in the league in the Buffalo Bills and 49ers. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're right back into When you start one and three, the beginning of the season until you get back to 500, everything's a must win because you can't get, dig yourself too deep in a hole. So once again, we looked at last week. That was certainly a must win. They won it. This week, knowing what's on the other side of that bye, it's absolutely a must win. This is the easiest game that the Bengals play in the next three weeks, and this is a team that's going to make the postseason in the Seattle Seahawks. So yeah, you've got it. You've got to get back to three and three, knowing that the best case scenario out of out of that bye is probably four and four. So, you got to win this game. You know the other thing about this, and Elliot, I want to get your, your thoughts on that same question. And Casey, if you're able to get through three or four sentences, I'd like to hear from you as well. Uh, somebody made the suggestion in the chat that we need to get Casey some UDF ice cream. If, for those wondering, you have tonsillitis, and you've never, had your, you've never had your tonsils removed. That's correct. So that could be in your near future. Yeah, yeah, I usually have something wrong with my tonsils every year around this time so this happens regularly why, why don't you just take them out in the past so you don't have this issue every year i mean that's, right that's too little too late now at this point well I mean, yeah but. but i mean maybe this time around you just take care of that i'm not a doctor i only play one on tv from time to time um gosh where was i going with this thing um we were talking about the bengals, bengals oh the other thing is is now, look, the Bengals haven't been one of these teams. But I brought up the other day they're $12.5 million under the salary cap. Mm -hmm. The NFL trade deadline is October the 31st. So you play this game, your sixth of a year. You have an off week, 
and then you got to play the 49ers. You're only going to play one more game after this one between now and the trade deadline. There are a lot of rumors out there. How many are true? How many are false? I don't know. But there are a lot of rumors out there that teams like Denver, right, among others, that are going to start to shed some big-time players, whether that's a pass rusher, whether that's an offensive lineman, whether that's a backup running back, whether that's a tight end. Would the Bengals be in the market to make a deal for the first time? It would be rare for them to make a deal. C correct. I, I remember last year we were talking and we were, uh, I think Casey was disappointed in the Bengals for, for not making any moves at the trade deadline. Listen, asking for the Bengals to make a trade at the trade deadline is, is like asking my dad for a hug. Sure, it'd be nice. Sometimes you need one, but it's probably just not going to happen. It's just, it's, I'm just probably not going to get it. You brought in a level of sadness with it. <laughs> you were talking it's, it's, about love between Hillary and Bill yesterday, and now we're, and now I, we're going down. This is not good. Go listen, ahead. Listen, I love my dad very much. I'm his favorite kid by a mile. He just, he just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give a whole lot of hugs. But uh, I... I, I don't even like to entertain the conversation of the Bengals trading for somebody at the trade deadline because it's just simply not going to happen. It hasn't happened. It never will happen. I mean, so it's it's almost a nothing burger to talk about it because it, it just, it's just simply not going to happen. It's not in the Bengals. But if account. you could make a trade, what yeah, would you go do? Oh, so, you know, say, say for example, uh, everybody's making a big deal out of the tight end thing, right? Mm -hmm. Irv yeah. Smith's been hurt. Even when he plays, you really don't hear much from him. Hayden Hurst was a big part of this team last year. Mm -hmm. Big part, especially yep. in big moments, big games. He, came, he made a lot of plays. Um, you know, do, do, do you think about at least looking there at that position? <laughs> I mean, There's Hurst is doing nothing in, Tom, in Carolina. Right. I, I think I, They're I, doing nothing. I said this in the offseason. We're talking about Joe Burrow's fourth option. We're talking about Joe Burrow's fourth option. That was f Joe Burrow's fourth option last year in Hayden Hurst. It was Joe Burrow's fourth option the year before in C.J. Uzama. So at some point, you can't spend too much capital in the tight end. I've also said that if we're not going to throw the ball to Irv Smith, what the hell is he doing out there every time when he can't block? When we got Drew Sample, who's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. If, if we're not going to throw the ball to the guy, then we should just have Drew Sample out there protecting the quarterback um, and, and certainly as an element in the run game. And we've started to see Drew Sample actually in the backfield as a third down back to, to help protect Casey's guy. But uh, my guy. I mean, <clears throat> this, that's how you elevate this offense is we get the ball to Drew Sample in open space. I don't think, I don't think the Bengals need to make a move for tight end. Um, I, I would like to see them have a more concrete plan for that position in the future. I know that's what the Bengals wanted to do or a lot of Bengals fans wanted them to do draft a tight end in the first round this past year. But this, this seemingly never-ending one-year guy, one-year guy, one-year guy, I would like to see a more long-term plan out of the tight end, but I don't think you do anything mid-season this year. Okay. I got a long-term plan for you, Tom, if, if you're willing to go to me for just a second here. I'm more than willing. I'm always willing. Uh, the Vikings right now, they might be going through a fire sale. TJ Hawkinson is 26 years old. This year, you're only paying him a million dollars. Next year, you're only paying him nine million dollars in the following year it's like 11 million dollars now that might sound like a lot of money to a lot of people but i want to keep everyone in mind that hayden Hurst was a seven million eight million dollar guy per year 
TJ Hawkinson is a top five tight end. Without a doubt. He's a guy that's going to be on the field every single time at a new level that we haven't really had before. I love Hayden Hurst to death, but he's no TJ Hawkinson. And TJ can block. And for me, the next couple the next couple years after that, that the the after the first three years, you can cut bait with him. There's an opt out in, in his contract. So if it doesn't work out, I mean, I, I see Jacob well, here saying that. Twelve million for a tight end is ridiculous. But it's not. It's not when he's a top five tight end. You're you are you are theoretically punting on T. But that you well, I was getting ready to say you're not theoretically punting on T. You are punting. Correct. On but, you're, you're but I'm, I'm already with, with Hawkinson. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with that. If it means solidifying a position, I would be too. I'd be comfortable with that. I mean, what has T done this season? He's dropped some passes. That's what he's done, Casey. Dropped a lot of passes. And I, I'm not saying that we possibly overvalued him, but I just. He's a I great think, player. I think, I think He's a can, great player. I think you can make, you can trade for TJ for probably cheap and trade T and get a first round out of T. I think that the trade there, now the Bengals will never do that, but the hypothetical there on who I would want to go get, it starts with TJ. Maybe you're looking at Hayden Hurst. Maybe you look at the Packers. They got a lot of tight ends now. A couple of rookies that they have on their roster that maybe they would be willing to trade one of them. There's well, not a whole next lot of tight year ends out you there, can though. still franchise tag T. Higgins, but if you do that, you're going to have to pay him twenty million dollars, eighteen million dollars. Yeah, I mean T. Like T. Higgins that. is going to cost you twenty-five million. I would I would rather have an elite elite duo at wide receiver than a than an elite wide receiver and a tight end. And I know that that was an a, elite a, tight end. Yeah, I, I know that was a recipe for the Chiefs yep. with, with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I know that this is played, but I, I I I like what we're doing with Jamar and an elite wide receiver to to complement him. I think that the answer for the, the tight end problem that I propose is spending some draft capital in the near future, first or second round for a tight end, as opposed to going out and getting one of these guys that are an expensive tight end because then you get them on the cheap. You get them for a, for a couple years, and it's your guy. It's your guy. It's a, it's a, it's a guy that, that you develop, the guy that you like, and I would let, rather go that route. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, look, there's no right or wrong answer on this deal, but the bottom line is it is a bridge that is out there for Bengals brass to decide what is going to be the path moving forward with their offensive weapons. I think this kid out of Princeton's got a chance to be a hell of a player. Mm. I really do. I, I think he's him. got a chance to be a really good player. Um, you know, Jones, he's already hurt. I mean, um, so we haven't seen much of him. And we haven't seen, um, help me, why am I drawing blank on his name from Princeton? Isavis. Yeah. Yo- Yoshivas. Yeah, Yoshivas. Yoshivas. <laughs> what, he, we haven't seen him much in the regular season. But this guy, I think there's something potentially special about this dude. But anyway, the Bengals are going to have to cross that bridge coming up in the next year or two about what they're going to do with Chase, Higgins. They've already done the contract with Burrow. Um, You can't keep them all. You cannot keep them all. How long is Mixon going to be around? You know, they got two guys behind him that they don't even put on the field so far this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you never see, ever – Williams or Brown? Yeah, I think Chase Brown got one carry on Sunday. It, I, I, running back, Tom, and, 
I, if you know me, you know my take on running back. I think you can draft a guy in the top three rounds after this year, and you, you'll probably have a you'll probably suffice at running back. I want to give the Bengals um, coaching staff credit though for a second, and and this is something I don't know if it's brought up enough. And I want to give them credit in identifying. Um, you know, depth in the wide receiver position. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, you, you have Boyd, Higgins, and, and Jamar. Everyone knows them. But these these other pieces that when one of these guys go down, I mean, there's certainly a, a little bit of a drop-off, but still some very talented players. You're looking at Trent Irwin. You're looking at Trent Taylor last year. You're looking at Yoshivas. You're looking at, I mean, Charlie Jones, I think, was going to be one of those fill-in roles. But this is something that I don't think the Bengals coaching staff gets enough credit for. And maybe – Maybe it's Joe making these guys look better. I remember the Browns game last year. Um, all these guys uh, showed out the second Browns game when we won. But uh, I, I I think the Bengals coaching staff should get more credit for the depth that they have identified and built this roster at the wide receiver position. Well, at that position, you can say it. Their evaluation and or coaching and development of the offensive line, on the other hand, <laughs> yeah. it certainly needs to be questioned. All right. Um Hey, uh, really quickly, back into the room. Tight ends, tight ends. Uh, uh, there's a best player in college football. Just so happens to play for the University of Georgia. Uh, in the mock drafts, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different mock draft folks that have uh, Brock Bowers going to the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round. Now, obviously, they are estimating on when their draft pick is going to be, yeah. but it's ranged anywhere between the eighth pick to the fourteenth to the fourteenth pick. Uh, all with uh, that would all, be good. Well, I mean, you guys are <laughs> two and three. I, you're staring at two and four right in the face. I don't know why we sit here and act like the 14th overall pick isn't out of the question. No, I, I know. I'm not right, saying it's right. out of question. I'm no, saying there's a lot right, of bummed out people. Oh, you guys are bummed yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you're, you're trying like, to be wait. like you're, you're trying to say like the Bengals could get Brock Bowers this pick. I mean, it's like what are you gonna have to take? Oh, you're gonna have to be really bad this year. All right, look, we got a lot of time. Really bad. We got a lot of time tomorrow to talk about the Bengals. We're gonna have James Rapine coming on tomorrow. We're gonna have our picks tomorrow. So there's gonna be a lot going on. It's nice to see Jacob back in the chat here today. I mean, does he go to class, or is he like the football players at Alabama? Oh, he grinds. He's a grinder. Hopefully he continues to watch some tape, because Alabama there looks like it's a sliding program. Oh, some are saying it's all because of Jacob. Ooh. That's tough. I wouldn't that's say tough. that. That's a, that's a I would not say that. Not quite yet. So today is round, what, two? For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Elliot... Uh, has challenged himself and challenged others inside of Chatterbox uh, on the links. And so he lost to the boss, Trace Fowler, in the opening round. But today, on this beautiful sunny day, as he's already told you about in his weather report, uh, it's off to the links again. Trace, can I start with you and your outfit sure, absolutely. that our guys at Headlines have just thrown together? Are you caddying for the zebra? Yeah, I figured, you know what, um, I, I like challenges, Tom, and I, what I realized was is that playing against Elliot isn't the real challenge. The real challenge is actually trying to caddy for him and successfully winning a match. So we're going to take on the other boss, per se, Spur, Yeah. and we'll see if we can't take him down. We're going to, to Spur's home course, Potter's, uh, also just Sounds happens to be... Sounds a little unfair. We'll get to happens, that in a minute. It happens to see, it happens to be, you know, also... Um, the better mouse of all the mouses that I know. Um, Fair. The greenskeeper, Mark Her, Mouse. He's just the so happens now. to be the, the dad and the father 
of Reed. He's the pro now. He's, he's the, the pro. He's, he's the no pro. the superintendent. He's at the pro. Potters. You want to show the crowd? But he's been the superintendent of uh, Potters for a very long time. We're going there today. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I, I thought to myself, if you're going to do it, if you're going to caddy, then this you, is big you, league. you do it right. Stand you up. Know? Yeah. Now, i got to be honest. Uh, Amazon <laughs> overnight shipping did not have a large, so I was like, you know what, Tom? I'm going to go for the medium. You're, you're kind of like Reed does when he wears his shorts and his Almost a really bad mistake. <laughs> almost a really bad mistake. Some are saying a bad mistake already, but I'm going to power through it. So here. And then, you know what? That's, that's how you know. So here we go. That's pretty slick. We're going to see if we can't make I mean, it work. I mean, Elliot, that is big league. It's big league. I mean, for a guy to order that and to the, our friends at Headlines right outside the door, for them to, to put the number on there right. and the um, and zebra on the back, of course, this is big time. This is big time. And I'm not going to Matt Kuchar him. I'm not going to give him like 0.0% of my earnings if I win a tournament. Right, uh, I, I'm gonna give him a full eight percent if, if if I were to win. It's the standard fee among caddies. Everybody knows this. Uh, I'm excited. My I, my biggest issue in golf, Tom. It is not the opponent. It's not anybody else in the course. It's not even. It's not the fundamentals of the game. It's my own head. Of course. I get in my head, Tom, and I go in the tank. I slip, sliding away. Name the band. Uh, that would be Paul Simon. That's good. Um, but yeah, so if, if I can stay, if I can stay within myself, I have a hard time believing Trace is going to be able to corral my brain. But if he's able to, I'm going to beat Spur by three strokes today. Ooh, three strokes! If okay. I'm able to play my game, stay within myself, stay composed. Tom, I, don't, I, I, I you probably didn't watch the last match in its entirety. Well, I watched but, part of it when you basically moved a tree. Yeah, well, there was a to, tree to get on the to course. Your ball and uh, and then and you played it, and the rules allowed you to do that. That's correct. But it would have taken normally um, Reed's brother and four or five of his superintendent guys who worked for him to get that thing out of the way before you hit it. But that's neither here nor there. Please yeah. continue. Yeah, well, no, and, and that's true. I, that was my home course of Woodland Golf Course, Woodland Golf Club. It's it's one of the most prestigious courses on the west side of Cincinnati. I. It's this course isn't going to be like that today. This is Sean's home course, home turf. That seems unfair. Well, it's, well, a, get, it's a it's a home and home. It's a home and a home. It's best of three. Oh, so that's so. I know so that. The, so this is round one. Sean has home field advantage here. Uh, the we haven't got yet gotten to a, a game three. I'm hoping that happens here, or I can win him, or I can beat him in two. Either way, I'm excited. I, I I'm going to show the people that I'm a good golfer. I said uh, a while ago I could win the Masters in ten years. I've walked back on that a little bit. <laughs> I don't think I can win the Masters in 10 years, maybe 20. 15 years, I would say, would be a good time. At least Corn Ferry Tour. I could get on the Corn Ferry Tour in 15 years. Um, but we'll see, Tom. I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous, and I'm excited. Well, there are already people in the chat that want to know, A, can they come watch? Sure. I don't care. Come to Potter's Golf Course at 130. If you want to come, I listen, I, I, I can take all the help I need. I'm going to need everybody to Happy Gilmore spur, not hit him with a car. I didn't, no, don't hit anybody with a car like he didn't Happy Gilmore, but like a little, you know, uh, hey, jackass, walk right during the middle of his backswing. I think that would be funny. Elliot, do you think you can get the course record today? Uh, sure. Do you want to know who holds it? Yeah. Jack Nicholas. Really? Yeah. Is that real? Or is that, that, is, a bit? that is that is hundred percent. No real. kidding. He holds. He he had. He scored. As an amateur. He was, yeah, when he was an amateur. Yeah. He, he came down. At here Upper Arlington High School. Yeah. Came down here. The Golden Bears came down here. They played the front nine, or they played they played a full eighteen. Sorry. And uh, I forget what the score is, but they have a little statue right near number one to 
Poor Jack Nicholas. How about that? Now that is big league. So if I beat the course record, I'd be in turn greater than Jack Nicholas, the greatest golfer of all time. That's what we're saying? Yeah, sure. sure. There are a lot of people that also want to know. Um, Blackmore would like to know, Elliot, could you even win a putt-putt tournament? <laughs> I, I think that's pretty hard. Yeah. And I think that's pretty hard. And we're going to record that as well. We're going to do that soon, too. But I'll beat everybody in this office at something. I'm going to be better than everybody at this office at one thing. If it's going to be golf, if it's going to be putt-putt, I don't care what it is. I'm just going to be better than everybody at something. But would you rather be the best at something else, whatever that is, golf, putt-putt, a host, whatever it might be, would you rather be the best at that or the best gambler in the room? Oh, best gambler in the room by far. If I was the best gambler in the room, Tom, I, I wouldn't be working here. I'd be, I'd be laying on my couch, counting my dollars and cents. I'd be a millionaire. I'd be a billionaire, perhaps. So. Zillionaire. Z <laughs> oh, Tom. See what he did? Tom. Yes. Yeah, I'd be a zillionaire. So that's what I would rather do. I would rather do that. Any action on the college games tonight? I talked about the pro game. Uh, any action on the college games tonight, boys? A couple of decent games. I mean, not bad. They're not, you know, headline act stuff. But competitive football, for sure. I've seen SMU play. They're not bad. They played East Carolina. West Virginia is at Houston. Any action? Yay or nay, gentlemen? Or on baseball? Any gambling action tonight? I'm going to have Chiefs alternate line minus 20 and a half. What I'm does going alternate to... line mean? So it means so the, the regular spread's 10 and a half, Tom. If you want to put it to minus, you can set it to whatever you want. I'll set it to minus 20 and a half, and those odds will be like plus 800 or something like that. It'll probably be less than that, actually. Plus like 400. Uh, and it's just better odds for me. So instead of one to one, it's four to one. I got you. I got you. But I, I think the Chiefs dismantle, dismantle the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton's had a couple good years. One of those years, I believe he was paying people to take people out. I think that was – was that what was happening? Well, in? that was more on the defensive side. That okay. was more Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator. Greg with two Gs. But go ahead. Yeah. But I, I don't But know. he oversaw that program. He did oversee oh, it. He oversaw it. Oversaw, and got oversaw. suspended for a year. That's right. Tom, what's your opinion on Sean Payton? Because my personal opinion is I think he's a bit of a fraud. I, 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 don't, I don't understand why everyone acted like Sean Payton going to the Broncos yep. was going to be some, some magic, right, that, that was just going to turn the Broncos around. Because if you look at Sean Payton's record – with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and Drew Brees, he had as many losing seasons as Marvin Lewis. Yep. Like, they, they had very similar careers. The only difference is, obviously, Sean Payton and Drew Brees won a, won a Super Bowl. But I just – I don't. And they went to the playoffs a lot. He went to the so – like, if you look at his, his resume with New Orleans compared to Marvin Lewis's with the Bengals, they're almost spot on. They're almost spot well, on. Well, they're not in terms of overall wins and losses. That Marvin is, Lewis was a 500 coach. That is that is fair. Um, and he had I to mean, build this thing literally from the ground up, as did Peyton in New Orleans. But I would I would argue that what's the difference between going seven and nine and going four and twelve? You know, like what's what's the difference there? Okay. If you're not making the postseason, you're not making the postseason. You you were you weren't that great of a team. So I have always said that when we would go do games, and, and I did a ton of them in New Orleans when Peyton was there. I always, I always said that um, if you had to pick one coach to do their game every single week, if Fox were to have come to me and said, hey, what team do you want to do the whole year? Okay, I would have said, well, New Orleans is one of them. Because, A, they were good, right? Sure. But, B, Peyton was the kind of guy where 
you know, we have these meetings, say on a Friday, we're going to New Orleans and they're playing, it doesn't matter who they're playing. And you'd go in on a Friday morning, you'd go to their practice and ahead of time you'd ask for the head coach, uh, the quarterback, defensive coordinator, maybe defensive player to, to come into a room with you and three or four other guys on your crew where the analysts primarily ran that meeting, not exclusively, but the, the, the coach would sit down and, and you would have to start pulling things out of the coach. Some more so than others. Belichick seems like a talker. You know, <laughs> Belichick was not a big talker, but he, with, with me, he was fine. A lot of people didn't, not, not necessarily me, but the games that I worked, he was fine. And, and, and he, he was okay. Um, but Peyton was the kind of guy who walked in. We would have a, uh, the, the depth chart sitting there on the table. And he would walk in. He would pick it up, say hello to everybody. And he said, all right, fellas, here we go. You ready? We're starting on offense. And he would go through, okay, these guys are the starters. Okay? And then as he went through them, he would say, Joe Blow left tackle, scuffling. Scuffling. He's had a tough time. Left guard, great run blocker. He's done this, da-da-da-da-da. He would go through every single guy. Now they flip it over to defense. Say, okay, here are the starters. This guy, his ankle doesn't look good. Don't think we're going to get him back. Cornerback. Been torched, but I think he's going to be a really good player. He's young. You know, you, you know what I'm saying here, right? right I mean, right. basically, he would walk you through the entire state of the franchise and the team currently as it's playing within the first 10 to 12 minutes of the sit-down, and nobody else would say a word. Now, at the end, if you want to ask him some follow-up questions, whatever it might be, he was more than happy to do it. But he was extremely great to work with. I'm with you in that I think – he got a lot more pub as being a great coach than maybe he probably earned. Okay. I think that's I, fair. Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think so. I think that's fair. Um, he did have a great quarterback, and it's like we were talking about earlier with Bruce Bochy. Man, you got to have great players. True. No doubt right? about it. You talk about quarterbacks all the time. Yeah. I, I and think, he had the same guy the entire way he was there. I think quarterbacks have made more coaches than coaches have made quarterbacks. No doubt. 100%. And we're seeing that in Cincinnati right now. No doubt about it. Uh, so anyway, uh, so you, uh, you, no action for you tonight? Uh, I haven't looked at it. If, if you're, if you're going to have, if you're going to twist my arm, I mean, I mean, what are we talking here? If you're going to twist my arm, I mean, I, I'll take Pacheco to score a touchdown tonight in the Thursday night football game. So I'll take Isaiah Pacheco to score. Trace. Braves. Uh, it's just a matter of how much at this point. I, I feel <laughs> so confident boy, in the you Braves. You really sound confident. Man, I tell you, uh, I mean, really the best way confident. to win money in gambling is to take advantage of everyone when they're a prisoner in the moment. I said yesterday, last week, no one wants to give me credit. That's fine. What I said, I sat up here and I said, you should have solace in the idea that the Bengals are favorites and you know they're going to win this football game. And what they do? They won the game going away. They won by 14 points. Every single time in the NFL, you're going to look back at the end of the year and you're going to say, what? Can you believe that the Bengals were only given three to the Arizona Cardinals when they had Josh Dobbs <laughs> at quarterback? What are we talking about? No one even bet that? That's what happens. The Braves tonight, they're going to take care of the Phillies. They're going to show you why they won 100-plus games this year, and they were the best team in that division, and they're going to win that series and go on, and maybe they'll win the World Series, maybe they won't, but I'm going to root for it because I'm going to put money on it, and that's pretty much the real reason as to why I'm going to be a Brave fan. Okay. You also said take the Cowboys over the 49ers. Yeah, you did say that. Well, that's out. fine. 
I got a solution for everyone. Sub He's fade also me. the guy that picked the Orioles, fade right, to go to the World then. Series. Fade me. Same fade guy. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you sit here and, and 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 pat yourself on the back about I told you to take the Cardinal or I told you to take the Bengals over the Cardinals when you also did the same for the Cowboys over the 49ers. I mean, we got we got to have it both ways here. Our buddy Jolly Jolly, I think, is producing the game tonight between West Virginia and Houston. I always talk about Jolly Jolly. He's a, uh, he's a Hamilton guy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hamilton guy. Last week of Jollies. We have about 12 minutes left in the program. Uh, well, we got a new segment, Tom. Hey, can, well, okay. we, suggest a, can we suggest a tune for, for uh, Jolly Jolly? Will you think he'll play it for us if we, if we give him a good tune? Yeah, because they have access to all the music. Yeah, he's going to be able to play a tune. out of commercial breaks. I feel like that should be like the insider, uh, the insider trading tip of the thing that we can do to Jolly Jolly each week is just to tell him how to do his job and tell him what music to play. He needs help. That's... Trust me. He needs help. <laughs> trust me. Not what the industry's saying. They said uh, he's no, the best trust of the me. best. I've been there in the trenches with a guy. He needs help. So if we want to give him, if we want to give him a song, what would be a song going to break? Swifty song. Uh, gotta be a Swifty. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. That's my song for Jolly Jolly. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't got a song for him. You got I don't a song, know. Trace? You got something in mind, Casey? Play revival. I feel like that should be the cherry on top. We gotta give it. We gotta give us. We gotta have a good riff to it. That's right. We gotta. We gotta give it a good thought on this. This is. This is big time production. Um, so. The game's in Houston, so you know I would Jolly's lean a little Amazon? country there. I'd lean a little country. Hmm. You got West Virginia and Houston. They both like their country music in those two states. Wait, Charlie's doing that? this game? Isn't this game on Amazon? No, 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 no. no, no, no. The, the college, college no, football college. West game. West Virginia and Houston. Okay. Come on, he, he doesn't work for, for Prime. No, like you I think said. you would run a terrible broadcast like that Prime service? No. Damn right. Damn Jolly right. Jolly wouldn't be a part of something that terrible. All right. Well, okay, you guys. Cherry have... on top. We'll make it the cherry on top. Unless we already you have one. We'll get Tim Brando to say. We have a cherry on top. Oh, we have a cherry. On... I said Casey. Okay, cherry we on have top. a cherry on top. So then, before the cherry on top, we'll come up with something. You can't you, you can't rush perfection. Rome wasn't built overnight. Tom. That's right. We got draft or die. Trace, introduce the segment. Oh, draft or die. How'd I forget? Um, draft Tom? or die. This is how it goes, Tom. If you don't, I don't draft, know if you, you know die. this, but we're gonna run a race. It's called a 100-yard dash, Tom, and uh, you're going to be on there electronically, of course. And, of course, we're going to watch it all together at one. Here's how it goes. Whoever finishes first gets the first pick and then so forth. And then it's a snake draft, Tom. So you draft an order, and then it comes right back to you. You get to pick two teams. Forget the money line or forget the spread. For this weekend. Forget the spread. It's just straight up win-loss. For win this loss. weekend. This weekend. College or pro? Nope, just pro. Thursday, pro. Thursday through Monday night. Okay. And you got to pick two teams. And if both of those teams lose, Tom, this is where you die. This is the bad part. Then you got to stand in front of this teleprompter that is a that is a pseudo fake teleprompter. Yeah. And you got to read a bit that one of us writes for you. And if you laugh at any moment during it, you have to reread it again. And okay. you got to do it until you don't laugh, which um, okay could be an issue. All right. So let's go. Without Ready? further ado, let's oh, go. go. Oh. Because. You need I need to start doing. I need to start doing it, it correctly. Wait, uh, without further ado, we're gonna we're gonna run the hundred yard dash, Tom. We okay. didn't do the intro. Tom, you're in the middle. Oh, you we didn't run do the intro. intro we didn't do the intro. You run to do the intro the after. Oh. Don't stay off my producer over here. Sorry, okay, he's gonna bad. do his that's job. My that's my bad. The thing about this hundred yard dash, Tom, is that it's so fast. It, it, it's such a quick thing that goes on. Who's it? I can't even see. So Tom's in the middle. going on. Tom, you're slow. I pulled a hammy. Sniper. Sniper. Tom, you ever call a horse race? Tom's just a slow starter. 
Man, Tom, we... Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Come on, Tom. Come on, son. Get the lead out. <laughs> Elliot, 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 Elliot. First place, Elliot. Everybody okay. knows in first place. Who's oh. in second? That's Trace. That's okay, second. now it's a, a dash oh, for the third the pick. This is the Tom's big one. The Tom's stuck at the 15. The right. Oh, my God. Oh, no, Tom. This is brutal. Oh, stuck in the mud. See, I mean... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. See, this thing's rigged. Go ahead. All right, Elliot so first, Trace second, Reed third, I'm fourth, Tom is fifth. Okay, and we can't pick the same game. No, we can't. Correct. Oh, so run God. the intro. So I get fifth and sixth pick. Yeah, run the intro. Draft. Die. Draft. Die. Draft of draft. Die, die, die. Draft of draft. Die, die, die. Draft or die. What has been going on since I left? A lot. All right, well, here we go. Who's first? It's me and I, Elliot Rearing, with the first overall pick in week six's draft or die, select the Kansas City Chiefs. Great pick. Number two. Um, Is that me? Yeah, it's you. Here we go. I do this every time. See, I, I got on here, and I thought I had those spreads in front of me. I am going to – You said no spreads. It's the winner. <laughs> I got to look segment. at the spreads. This I got to look – This is your segment. It's on me. I, I think I'm going to take the best one of all of them, which is the, the Bills over the Giants. Yeah, I would have gone there. Okay. I'll go third. I'll say the Miami Dolphins beat the Carolina Panthers this week. Uh, let's see. I'm going to pick – I'm picking. I'm picking San Francisco. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take uh, Baltimore to beat Tennessee, and then I get the next pick. Correct. You do. That's right. You back to back. Not bad. All right. I'm going to take the Rams to beat Arizona. Casey, back to you. Um, I'm going to take. Man, it is. Bare bones out here, ain't it? Um, I'm going to take Philadelphia. Ooh, that's where I was going to go. That's where I was going to go. Um, you know what? I feel so confident that the Dolphins are going to uh, to beat the Panthers that I'll, I'll, I'll take an underdog here. I'll take an underdog here. Go ahead and give me the toast of uh, Northeastern United States. Give me the New England Patriots to beat the Raiders. Wow. That, uh, oh, boy. That's a whole different topic to get into the whole New England thing right now. Mm. Okay, who's next? Mm -hmm. I'm going to take, uh, I'm assuming this hasn't been picked yet, Baltimore. That was taken. Oh, that was taken. Baltimore's been taken. That's yep. on me. <laughs> <laughs> Hand up. Every week. Every week. <laughs> you're, you're acting like uh, these up. two guys over here when my dad was on yesterday. Uh, the, There's yeah. an echo in here. <laughs> this is where this gets hard. My I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, there you go. That's a good pick. There you go. You're going to love that. All right. Is that it? I'm up. Uh, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. Wow. Who are they playing? Over? They're playing the Vikings. The Vikings are without Justin Jefferson. Mm. That's fair. Good luck to K.J. Osborne and whoever the, whoever hey. the hell else the Vikings are throwing to. Justin Fields looked unbelievable last That's two right, games. That's right, he did. Unbelievable. There's some people in this room, Tom, that call him a fidget spin. No, I know that. I know that. Justin know Fields that. is a damn good quarterback. I tell, well, the last couple of weeks, he's looked good since they've cut him loose. That's little. right. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Um... Gosh, there was one more thing. Oh, um, so, uh, Casey, you're not gambling these days. I am. We didn't circle back to you to ask if you had any action tonight. Uh, I will give out uh, our picks from the show yesterday on Mac and JT. <clears throat> Rashid Rice. Poor Casey. 
if Travis Kelsey does not play Rasheed Rice, their receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs. Receiver or backup tight end? Receiver. Okay. He's going to get a lot of looks. Okay. So, plus 30 yards is, I think, like minus 120 or something like that. Okay. Plus 35 is, like, plus money. So, look into that for sure. That's a Jacob pick. What are the over-under odds right now, or what would the odds be on Casey within the next seven days having his tonsils removed? Next seven days, <laughs> odds on Betfred Sportsbook. Uh, I'd say I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's likely, Tom. Not likely. But, uh, it's not likely. It's, I would say fifteen to one. Plus Casey, can you sing the the sun will come out tomorrow by Annie with that voice? I'd love you to just sing the little first part. The sun will come out. I don't, I tomorrow, don't. Tomorrow, bet your bottom, bottom dollar, dollar that tomorrow. Does Alex like the, the voice? I mean, it's, it's kind of the deep voice. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. A little raspy? A little raspy? raspy? I, I don't think she likes it one bit. Oh, oh. She doesn't like when you talk. Really? Between. Yeah, that's just, you know, annoys her, I guess. Mm. Okay. That's sad. I, we, do have, we do have a cherry on top, Tom. Okay. Let's have a cherry on top. What is it? Presented by United Dairy Farmers. And again, I, I did not go over to get to Hot Fudge Sunday last night. Tom. Tom. I got to get over. I mean, I can Tom. walk. I can walk to one. Tom. Come on, Tom. It's the only business we have in the whole town. Do I need the volume on this? Or is it fine without volume? Hello? Elliot. Sorry, hold on. Sorry, hold on. Elliot. I was responding to the chat. I mean, do I, what, do I need audio? Sorry, Casey so, was asking. I mean, are you kidding you me? You're sitting chat? here touting it. You say let's go to it, and you're not ready. <laughs> I was ready. I was answering a question from Everett. Everett distracting me. All right. No, no, no. We still don't know the question. What he is asked this? You. I, Tom, there's no sound to this. This is two people in a train in Colorado, and basically they recorded Bigfoot. It's going to be easier to see on your laptop, Tom. I read the headline about this. So, so these two people found Bigfoot, and you can see him there in the middle of your screen. He hides in the bushes. Where it's going to go and repeat yep. here. You'll see it here. So you see him walking over there in the middle of your screen, right by the bushes, yep. and then he squats down. This is a real thing. This isn't fake. These you know, this got a lot of pub yeah, the last did. couple of days. Yeah, it did. Because, it, 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 again, I read the headline and, and maybe a sentence or two on it, but it said this is the first time it's not a non-blurry sort of look. Correct. Right? Yes. I, I think that's real. So I want to be the party pooper here, but this actually takes place in uh, – this is located. This is this is from uh, Reuters or whoever the fact yeah, checkers are, and they said fact checkers. This is please, <laughs> please love it, Tom. It's a uh, this is this is part of a quite popular Bigfoot themed expedition trailer company called Sasquatch Expedition Trailers. The owner regularly dresses up as Sasquatch, so it's Gilly not suit. real. So we're saying it's not really Bigfoot. No, it's not Bigfoot. Jolly Jolly said it was Damn. Wild Man Walker. I hate, to be, no the, I hate to be the, the, the not fun one here. We did find aliens recently. I mean, we can't find all the mythological creatures in like a month. So. Yeah, Reed just really ruined my day. It's <laughs> Mark be... said it was OJ. <laughs> <laughs> if, you look, if you look around Hamilton, I'm sure you'll find someone that looks like Sesquire. That's where I wanted to go the last two minutes. <laughs> I'm so Tom. glad you did. brought this up because uh, a couple people in the chat have asked about um, Operation Pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Which gets underway tomorrow or tonight? Tomorrow, you set up tonight. The roads will close tonight. This evening. It's Pumpkinville. 
Okay, so if you're driving through uh, or planning on driving through Hamilton, I assume they have a lot of parking around here, right? To park All the parking that you see in downtown area, the parking garage, the our, our parking lot is open, everything across the uh, Martin Luther King, that big parking lot. Yeah, plenty of parking. Trace, I, you know, before we, we wrap up the show, you, you know, you're, you're a Hamilton guy too, and, and I don't know how comfortable you have been with re, I mean, with Elliot um, during this whole thing. With Elliot, Elliot. I mean, with what whole thing? It's Tom? all Elliot. What are you talking about? Tom, what are you laughing about? What are you talking about? I don't understand what you're saying. Pumpkin Town? Are you referring to Pumpkin Town? Tom, are you coming to Operation Pumpkin? You know what? It looks like I'm not because, I, like I said, all of a sudden now. I our, knew our you were going to do it to me. I want to go. Uh, no, you didn't. I do I go. knew you were going to do Just this to me when you talked to me about Time out a second. It. Were you not the guy that said yesterday, correct, Casey, help me here? Yeah, Casey. Was he not the guy that said yesterday, you have to work early Saturday morning and then you want to be on your couch watching football all day? Did you say that? I did say that. But I was going to go Friday after the show. That's what you suggested. And I said, Tom. And something came up where I can't do it. And I knew you were going to do it, no, Tom. No, I really want to go. Uh, yeah. I might even just show up Saturday yeah. night. Tom, I mean, if we're, <laughs> Tom, if we're, being, if we're being honest here, the odds of you showing up to Operation Pumpkin. You're wrong on this one. I, now, uh, I would admit it. Uh, I would admit it. Luke has to make a reel that has to get finished by Monday. <laughs> and he's on this break. And so I said, maybe we'll do it at Chatterbox. He's, he's done a lot of podcast stuff, and he's done a lot of play-by-play -play stuff, but he hadn't done much studio stuff. And so this is a studio reel for this Big Ten okay. U thing that he's yeah, got yeah. to submit. And so I'm going to meet him at our high school where they have facilities over there to yeah. be able to go and do that. So I have to do that tomorrow afternoon. I... I really want to be here for Operation Pumpkin. I believe you. Oh, it's, I don't. I don't hear any plans on Saturday, Tom. I, you What's said your plans tomorrow? on Saturday? Yeah, Tom? what are your plans on you know Saturday? Tom? Uh, we'll keep that. We'll, we'll keep that as a possibility. Uh, but you were the one that get said that you wouldn't want to go. Does Amazon Prime have Kevlar and twenty-four hour shipping? You'll need it, and for the for the loose bullets that are going to be <laughs> raining down upon Pumpkin Town. Uh, that's of course a joke. I, I wasn't even going to go here. Reed brought this whole segment up, so everything that I'm saying now is on Reed, not on me. Have you noticed something, Tom? About the way Elliot speaks, everything is someone else's fault. He wasn't paying attention. It's Elliot's fault. He distracted me. Everett's. Everett's fault. My bad. I, I mean, I'm just so just so mad at Elliot. And then, and then he said he, he says these disparaging remarks on a city that I grew up. The I know that, it's sad. That raised me, Trace, Jolly Jolly, so many yep. great wonderful people. So many people great in the Joe chat. Nuxall. Yeah, so many great and wonderful people. Kyle in the Schwarber. Chat. That's wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Golly. He's from Middletown, Mitty. That's right, baby. We have Aaron Cook. I'm the biggest Hamilton supporter there is. I will be at Pumpkin Town. You just said you need a bulletproof vest to be here in town. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't. Hey, it, now, wait when a minute. When did I say now. I didn't love it? Hey, before we go, uh, listen, okay? It's not offended, like Tom. he's making stuff up when he says Thank that. Thank you, Tom. Because I always hearken back to the dude who's hanging out with his girlfriend. It's a beautiful Saturday night in Hamilton. They're probably having a cold beer. Watching a, what was it, a Metallica band? It's uh, a cover band. Yeah, cover a, band. They're outside, beautiful night here in Hamilton. And the next thing you know, the cat's getting rushed to the hospital with a bullet in his shoulder. Tom, I let mean, me ask a simple question. Let me ask a simple question. That came out of the sky. Let me ask a simple <laughs> question. Where are you more likely to catch a bullet? On the banks in downtown Cincinnati or right here in Hamilton, Ohio? I think we know the answer to yeah, that. Yeah, we do. We do. I think we know the answer to that. We do. So let's let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes on this city that I love. 
I'm with you. I don't even like no, bringing this stuff up. No, you're I not. Don't. You ain't I with me, Tom. He's with you. He is with you. Tom, the, the grin's with you. The grin that you have when, when Elliot starts talking about Hamilton. I mean, you look like Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson in Batman. You look like the Joker just grinning ear to ear. Tom and I, Tom and I are the biggest supporters of this city. You're bar right. Bar none. You're right, Elliot. That's right. You're right. And we're going to be supporting it. Maybe we'll, we'll come down here and come the because city. I really would like to. I love – in all seriousness, I love stuff like this. A lot of the Catholic churches around town, they have their festivals, uh, festivals during the summer. I similar. love being outside. I love seeing people and meeting people. And, and so it's right up my alley. I hope I can come. I hope I can too. We know you are. So just wrap up the show. It's so negative. Here I am. I'm repping Hamilton right now. So am I. The city supports you guys. You should support it. Amen. 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 All right. Casey, I hope you feel better. Thank you, Todd. Praise. Good luck on the links today. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to will Elliot to a victory. One in which he probably doesn't believe that he can get done himself, but I'm going to, I am going to bring so much enlightenment to his life on a golf course today that I, that I'm going to will him to a victory that he doesn't even think that he can do. Are you posting anything on this that we can keep an eye out on Twitter? Uh, there'll be a couple live video updates throughout the round. There'll be a couple live video updates throughout the round. Okay. All right. Well, have a good day. Good luck. Thank you. Thank good you. Good luck with Sean. Good luck too. Reed. Tom. Yep. Good seeing you. Good seeing you as well. All right. Listen, Tom, I know we, we had a lot, bad little five minutes here, but not everyone is as blessed as I, because every day for two hours, I get to sit here and do a sports talk show with my best friend, you. That's right. You're my That's best exactly friend. That's exactly right. Amen. I am all about it. I can feel the love in this room. The, the only thing that would make this day better is if when I'm driving back. What will you see on your way back, Tom? What will you feel? Who will it be? <laughs> you know. <laughs> see you tomorrow.